and welcome to episode one one two dot no okay uh it's not a star date we won't do that <laughs> uh, of rpg digest in this live stream formatted podcast we provide deep dives fundamentals and overviews tabletop role-playing games can i i love it when people say i put you on two speed times two speed and i couldn't understand a word you were saying that's right so i'm gonna john machado this machine how do you say his name this mess and uh and we come out on tabletop rpg hobbies oh i'm out the rpg authority john max i show your favorite commodity critic and judge along with me as usual is the master of skills in all things percentile Brett heath nuggers how are you today sir hi everyone i'm doing a great time i hope you have a good time i'm going to see all good how who what's going on back at half speed to understand that one right uh yeah, I've been getting that a lot. It's like, I've been watching your videos on times two speed. Do you know what you sound like? Yes, I know what I sound like. I've actually had to listen to that before. I can't do it. I have to put myself at times one speed. And I do that on purpose. Thank you for the watch time. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your week? My week was okay. I mean, uh, uh, my wife had a death in the family, so she had to go to uh, Pennsylvania. And I had to stay because, you know, school. Pennsylvania. Oh. Well, in Pennsylvania, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So it was, it was nice, you know. I got, got a lot of stuff done, you know, cleaning, whatnot. Walked the dog, relaxed. It was nice. And then my, my wife came back sick. So she brought a little pencil tucky back for you. She did. She actually did. That's bad. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm That's gonna, why gonna... airlines have this thing. Don't bring meat or worms or pets or whatever else because this crap happens. Or Pennsylvania. Don't bring <laughs> Pennsylvania with you. Don't bring Pennsylvania back with you. <laughs> it's not a proper carry-on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's yeah, where so my mess went. Yeah, that I, that was a good comment. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my week was pretty. I don't know what, oh, 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 yeah, I had an interesting work day this week. I won't get into all the work shenanigans, but let's just tell you, you know, you know I've been talking about my work recently, like I just kind of go there and wait for something to do, and right. apparently things that weren't getting done are my fault. Even though you were never tasked with them? Even though not only was I, was I not tasked, I directly was like, what can I do? And they so said, fine. nah, nothing. You're fine. You're fine. Just, just we'll get you. Okay. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I mean, my supervisor, this isn't about my supervisor. It's about external agencies. Uh, my supervisor has actually been cool about this. Just in case somebody shows this to him. Uh, people in my office actually now have subscriptions to, uh, <laughs> to, 
to us. So I have to be in my best behavior. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, anywho, but, uh, what else happened? I, ca- I can't remember all the things that happened this week. Uh, we had our members only live stream. Uh, I guess I got to get uh, the one big question posted in Discord because nobody is talking about it. So I'll get that on Discord later. And other than that, uh, oh, yeah, the Friday Chill Stream, we had uh, Biggest Geekies on talking about their tour through Palladium Books. Nice. And of course, I had to call you out multiple times for not sure. beating them to it when you live across the street. Yep. <laughs> You're like his damn neighbor. Guys, have the same postman you have. <laughs> <laughs> i might be exaggerating a little bit you're exaggerating a little bit yeah okay you used to be neighbors yes yes uh but uh it's good, some good information there because apparently uh his office is a little hole in the wall and, and i don't mean that in like the negative way but it's like you know it's kind of like uh where are we going here oh there it is got this little sign that says palladium books on it but hey you know what? he spends his time doing writing and doing stuff you know why, why spend thousands of dollars on a sign when yeah, it's a, a rich people. I'm sorry, wealthy people don't spend money for other people. Rich yeah. people do that. Yeah. So, so rich, rich people never get wealthy. They said they had a really great time there. So that was often awesome. Uh, they spent two hours on the Friday Chill Stream talking about their three hour time there. So that was awesome. Uh, Sean Owen Robertson, he jumped into the chat, not on the ch- channel, but into chat as well. And uh, he was talking about some stuff. <laughs> I kind of had. <laughs> I said what I thought about uh, the Savage Worlds game that he ran. <laughs> uh, no, but, but but to be fair, it's the same thing we've talked about on our Discord over and over again. Let's play suck. I mean, that's just the down and dirty of it. It's not about him. It's not about, uh, you know, I, I'm sure the one that we're going to do on the 2nd of December to other people, that's going to suck. It won't be so bad for us because we'll be in it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great for us because we'll actually be playing. Right. So, but, uh, no, but, but he was awesome in chat, uh, you know, clarifying a couple things and everybody seemed to have a great time. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Kevin slapped one of the guys in the head. Hey, dumb, dumb. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to be slapped by Kevin. I, I don't. <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, but uh, no, that's, it, they had a great time, so that was good. So uh, if you guys have not done so, check out Biggest Geekest, that channel. I'm sure most of our folks here already are subscribed to them. But just in case, if you are not, check out Biggest Geekest. Uh, they've got a podcast slash uh, YouTube live stream every Tuesday at 6.30 my time, 7.30 Eastern. So um, I already told you about this, but uh, I'm supposed to remind you to send your issues with the Twilight Legion stuff. You can either send it to me or I can give you uh, uh, Sean's email address, however you want to do it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll make a list. Okay. And uh, finally, just post it. So sneaking in under the gun here. What's that? For those of you who watched the uh, Friday Chill stream, you probably know Victor Gorchev. He was also on the Basic Experts live stream. He says, uh, just let anyone who's interested know, my Kickstarter will launch on the first. So let me put this link into chat for you weirdos out there. What's this Kickstarter okay. about? Hunger, hunger, I would never cheat on you, sir. Ever. You're my boo. <laughs> that happened to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, what was it? Oh, um, so, uh, yeah, Victor. Uh, Victor's Kickstarter. Oh, there we go. So check that out. 
Uh, he's going to set that up for the 1st of November. If you are not already on that pre-launch list, it's a, basically it's modern weapons, firearms, so forth in, D, in a modern D&D setting. It's not guns in D&D. It's a modern, use, using the, D, uh, the 5e system, just type of setting. For so, modern yeah. warfare. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So okay. if, if, that's, if that's your thing, check it out. Absolutely. So anyway. And yes, so who do we have in chat here that has channels? Hungar the Starvian has a channel. So does his brother, DM James. So check out both of their channels. Since Hungar's here, it's real simple. Just right-click on his... I think you can right-click on Hold on, let me check here. Right, oh, you can't. That's Twitch. Never mind. Well, yep. he's, you can copy and paste it, though, because that's his channel name. He's also one of our newest members, so... Hey, thank you. <laughs> uh let's see violence l patrick fitzpatrick how you doing sir doc fearson with the meth comment l is here old school's here one-legged frog is here flady it's the only one i see though that actually has a channel right now that's in chat so um i don't really have too much to talk about today uh i think we do proclivities and get started if you're good with that well we got halloween coming up what do you uh do you do you get halloweeners no well you don't get children's oh no no here okay so my story last year is I was the Halloween costume. So first of all, for whatever reason, I don't know why or how. They celebrated Halloween a day early last year. It was the 30th. And I asked people about that and they're like, what? That's weird. But my this entire neighborhood celebrated a day early. I think it's the schools told the kids to or something because I don't know. Anyway, that day of, I got some sort of weird blood vessel pop on my eye. Oh, oh, on, my, on my eyelid i remember that it was gross dude yeah <laughs> and uh, i'm like seeing a little shadow in front of my eye i'm like what the hell's going on i went to touch it and i was like ah and you know me i was like yeah i didn't actually pass out but i wanted to so i went and looked in the mirror and i got this big dark red bulbous nonsense on my eyeball i was like that can't be good so i tried to pull it off it wasn't coming off and then then i did start feeling a little woozy so i was like uh, i think i need to go to the doctor and have this thing lanced or something so just just as my wife is getting ready so that we can, you know, because I was going to drive there, kids started popping up to the door. And I'm like, trick or treat. I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, a few years ago, not no, a long, long time ago, actually, uh, I, I wore my uniform, my, my old Air Force uniform to, to, take, to take my son around, you know, when he was three or four. And uh, I answered the door for a trick or treater. And the kid stopped, saw me and stopped and then looked back at his dad. And his dad said, it's okay, go ahead. I'm like, why did he stop? I'm not scary. I'm not dressed as anything scary. And then I realized that he was scared of me because I was an authority figure. Weird. Cop or, or, or military or whatever. And he was oh. instantly scared. This was a five-year-old kid. A five-year-old kid should not be taught to fear, you know, police. No, five-year-old or... kids should be playing with toy guns. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah. He, G.I. He, Joes and whatever else they got nowadays. You know, if, if, if I was dressed as a zombie or a vampire or anything like that, I'd get it. Clown, man. A clown. <laughs> or, or a clown, you know, whatever. But, you know, five-year-old kids are scared of monsters. I get it. I would completely understand. I'd be like, oh, good. This costume works, you know? But uh, I wasn't scary. It wasn't scary. And yet this kid was in, instantly stopped in his tracks. Since I don't do the Halloween thing, but it's going to be a Monday night, I might even just stream just to just, just to avoid it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm thinking about being boring and just going in my chem outfit. 
I mean, it's something I've got here. I don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you go by Karen now? Karen dog? <laughs> Karen dog? <laughs> Come on, that, that was funny. Um, oh, uh, on that dude's video. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, 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 I must have missed that part. By the way, everybody, we finally made it. We are internet famous now. We have a stalker, and he's going to deep dive into us more. He is? Uh, yeah, didn't you hear that at the oh. end of it? Yeah, I was I was tuned out by the end. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Internet World, for making us famous. Thirty seven hundred subscribers and we are we've made it big time. <laughs> oh, man, that, that that's that was good stuff. That was good stuff. So anyway, if you don't know what we're talking about, well, it's all over my discord right now. It's kind of fun. Yeah. But uh, and and three other people have done reaction videos to that, like before I even knew it existed. It's like, what? <laughs> I <laughs> jumped on that. Yeah, yeah. right. So, that guy, yeah, you're right, Bo. You're right. Now, now, here's the thing that I want to tell everybody: if you know what we're talking about, and you go to his channel, do what you do. But I'm not sending you there. Number one, and number two, just troll him. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't blast him. Because, uh, because I will tell you that after watching it well, twice, technically. And uh, having a chance, you know, to sleep overnight. And anybody who's followed our Discord knows I was already saying this last night before I went to bed. I really just think he was trying to troll. Because he could have done such... I mean, he did a good, good reaction video. As far as reaction videos go, that was pretty good. Because he set it up that it makes it difficult for us to attack back. Otherwise, what, you can't take a joke? I mean, that, that would be, that'd be my response if, if he, you know, if I had done the same thing, what, what you can't take a joke, you know? So uh, I think he did a fairly good job, but he could have done a better job. If he really meant to, to hit us hard, he could have done a much better job. There are better segments out there that he could have got. That isn't the only time Heathen Dog hit his camera. It isn't, yeah. we've, we've ran away from our cameras before. You've heard yeah. me cuss and say things. Yeah, one time, if you actually look closely, you'll see me frothing at the mouth like I'm rabid. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he could have done better. So, hey, if uh, I forget the dude's name, Adam, blah, 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 something. If you're watching this, you know, trying to stalk us some more, it's, it's okay, man. Just know there's some better stuff. There's some good, juicy stuff out there. You'll do yeah. better next time. And I look forward to it. So. Uh, all right. And with that, uh, yeah, let me get, let me get to you, you. You you talk to them for a moment here where I get the other stuff set up. We'll do the proclivities and we'll jump into skills. Sound good? Sounds good that here hey warming them up means you have to talk to them oh right sorry uh <laughs> the uh the uh, skills in palladium which I, i'm going to explain are it, it harkens back to uh to palladium fantasy where after palladium fantasy all the skills started to have a structure more and more structure as society progressed into trade schools universities you know everyone Everyone went to high school. Everyone has a basic skill set. You know, everyone can read. If you if you grew up in a first world country, you can read and write your native language. You can drive a car. You can do this, that, whatever thing. You get those skills for free, and then you get education. Well, now we're back in the days of Palladium Fantasy, where it's all OJT. So that's that's what that's what uh, what has changed between, say, Heroes Unlimited, Beyond the Supernatural, and Riffs. And it definitely affects the percentages. It de it definitely affects the the uh, the starting percentages of what you have. It, it 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 affects your versatility because 
if you want to be versatile, you can't just go to school and get a general education and then specialize in something. You have to OJT specialize and then branch out on your own to get the secondary skills. And they're all going to start way lower. So while you can, you know, branch out and generalize, you're going to suck at it for a while because it's all self-taught. <laughs> that would be funny, Al. That would be funny. If you change your name to Karen Dog for segment two. <laughs> no, that'd be nice. Wait, how come? Wait, did he not come up with a name for me? He didn't come up with a name for me. I feel insulted. You should be. Hold on. Let me slap my camera. No, that's a $900 camera. I'm not slapping that one. <laughs> Mine's a $75 camera. I'll slap yeah, yeah let me get my, this was a C20, uh, C320 webcam that I used to use. I'll, I'll knock that one around all day Actually, and all night. That's what I have. I have a C something. It's a Logitech C something. I don't know. I, yeah. All right, let me do some proclivities. We'll start segment one because I think I'm ready now. And uh, you know, I can skip. You know, no, I cannot skip saying thank you. That that would be bad. That would be bad. That would be Don't bad. I won't skip this one. Nope. So I want to thank all of you wonderful people. That's right, L. I'm using my fake voice now. I'm Smeagol. Yes, I am Smeagol. That was awesome. My precious. You want to thank all you wonderful people who help us through donations, tips, membership, super chats, super thanks, and of course, crafties, all important tithes. You know, the problem is, is I can't be the Pope. Bruce is the Pope. So um, I don't know if tithe is the right word to use anymore. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> your support helps us to provide giveaways. We did not have a giveaway this members only live stream. I had one person not complain, but asked why that was if we don't have 10 people in there i don't really want to do a giveaway because i don't want to give something away to the exact same person every time and yes i did receive a couple messages saying hey i can't make it to those things because the time i get it you know but we had to pick a time but uh yeah if we ever have 10 or more members in chances are we're going to have a giveaway i promise nothing but uh it's just yeah so this wasn't being hateful or anything it's just i want to make sure that you know good chunk of people can possibly get some sure so anywho those of you, Max is Lutheran, so pastor, well, maybe. Well, I used to be Lutheran. I wouldn't say I'm Lutheran now. <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, pastors, uh, uh, just as long as not the ELCA. Tell me who's in charge of the Wisconsin Synod. I'll go with that. With Synod, that's the word. I'll go with that title. Uh, we cannot ignore you crazy rascals who subscribe to Legion of Myth. Hang out with us in our chat and try to give me names like pastor. That just sounds so mundane, though, doesn't it? Yeah. I'd rather be like a vicar or something cool like that. Deacon. My, oh. my cousin was actually kicked out of uh of seminary because oh. she was she was too dogmatic the hell church was she going to is too dogmatic that says I, you're too dumb. i completely forget but uh um to to actually complete the the uh, seminary course and be and, and be, become a pastor a minister or a priest or whatever it was with with her denomination uh she had to she had to compromise her beliefs and go against the the word of the church because the, the church was trying to be progressive now and and be a lot, lot more loosey-goosey and she's actually religious so she wasn't going to compromise her values so she bounced yeah well it's, i guess i would be on her side with that one even though you know i'm not hardcore religious or no, anything like that I, mean, but... I i respect her you know yeah. her her stance you know i get it she she decided not not to compromise herself in <laughs> in her own eyes and the eyes of her God, and she yeah. she as faith. somebody who was who went to Lutheran school, I will tell you that the ELCA and and I have belonged to both Wisconsin Synod and ELCA because as soon as I got out of uh, parochial school, I got confirmed to the ELCA, 
screw the ELCA. It's not, it's not religious. It's a freaking cult. And it's the biggest Lutheran church out there, and it's nonsense. It's progressive weirdos, and no. The, the Wisconsin-Missouri Synod is the way to go if you're going to do the Lutheran thing. Now, I don't know why we're talking about religion, so let me get back to games. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I want, we want to thank all you guys, whether you're a chatter or a lurker. We do appreciate you taking the time to be here and listening to us for whatever reason talk about religion. So anyway, that is our schedule. That's right. You can join us Thursdays and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. That's right. Heathen Dog has his very own channel. He has usurped the Legion of Myth name from me over there on Twitch. He has started his coup. His takeover Dude. attempts have hit phase one. Yep. <laughs> F- phase two is 51% ownership. Good luck phase with that. Phase three, fire max. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Elon Musk now? Elon. <laughs> That's right. Elon That's dog. Right. Phase four profit. Phase four profit. There you go. Well, Great hey, Shadow Legend long... and Manscaped, here I come. <laughs> as long as you get to as long as you get to that phase four, it's a win. Yep. Until then, it's it's just a there dick is move. No stigma on success, bitch. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but you can watch him stream. And now I'm gonna go with his amazing lackeys and boomers play multiplayer yeah. games for lackeys your mockery and, and enjoyment. And on Fridays and Sundays, stop by Legion Myth YouTube channel where we live stream fundamentals and overviews of tabletop role-playing games and provide opinions and commentary on the TTRPG hobby as a whole, like you're about to see now. All right, for segment one today, we're going to talk about skills, skills, more skills, oh, and skill roles, but that's pretty much just skills. So we're going to do all that today. So what is the Palladium skill system like? What makes it interesting? What makes it, I wouldn't say unique. It's not unique, but it's definitely the way it's integrated into the game. I think it is interesting, the skill categories, how they integrate with the OCCs, and just generally what they mean uh, as far as the game goes. You probably won't find a lot of skills like this in other games because they're very tailored to the cinematic feel and the, uh, the specifics of an OCC. Would you agree? I would definitely agree. And to add on, first, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff, because I was going to get the very first paragraph of the skill section is wrong. Uh-oh. I'm going to show you why. Well, before it's that, lie. let me convince them hey, oh, sorry. to, to like, subscribe, uh, share. What's, what's that stuff? The YouTube stuff. If you refer to the description below, you can find links to various Legion of Myth sites. I know half of you are already skipping this. Here, I'll give you three seconds just to skip. All right. So you can find links for our various Legion of Myth sites, our social media, Discord, merch, etc. Please check those out. Join us and enjoy the swag. They took three of my swags off of Redbubble. <laughs> Please be sure to like this video and leave a comment. Both of those actions help the channel immensely. I know you hear this stuff from other people, but they tell you this because it is so true. So we have to tell you as well, because you might forget. If you have not done so, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Now we got some charity talk. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take up time about it now, but uh, with it now. But uh, we are gonna have a, a 24-hour stream on Veterans Day to support the Wounded Warrior Project. So the charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national, nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. The Wounded Warrior Project exists to raise awareness and to enlist the public's aid for the needs of injured service members to help injured service members aid and assist each other and to provide unique programs and services to meet the needs of wounded warriors free of charge. Please refer to the description below for the link where you can hopefully make a tax deductible donation 
And that is right. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds and that the focus of your tabletop group should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of hashtag RPGate. How did this guy not go off on us about RPGate? That's so weird. It was on the screen even once for him. <laughs> Escapism, not representation. Entertainment over activism. And natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. If you follow these three rules, you are bound to have a good time at your table. RPG Digest is a live stream broadcast discussion, not a concise step-by-step -step tutorial. We may deviate off topic and go on tangents. Enjoy. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, while Max goes to the PDF search page 299, actual page 298, start okay. off with the skill rules. I'm going to tell you right now that not only the first paragraph, but the, but the first couple of sentences of the next paragraph is just wrong. Did you say 289 or 299? 299 search. Two, two, uh, two, I'm sorry, two, 298 actual 299 search. Well, for me, it's uh, 301. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. But it's actually page 298. Yep. All right. So what is right. this? Here it is. First paragraph. Every Rift's character is something of a maverick. Someone who bucks the status quo, questions authority, and even reality, and dares to take a stand. BS. The book just contradicted itself. The book lied on itself. Why? Because you have CS-specific OCCs. You have coalition state-specific OCCs who do not buck the system, who are not mavericks, who are part of the complex, the, the, the evil coalition states complex that tow the party line so no not all characters in this game because they are player character occs are mavericks some people do the right thing i i, th I think the point is without having this be a debate is that i'm guessing i'm not kevin but even if you're playing like a coalition soldier you're supposed to kind of like turn a blind eye to the db that's in your party no, you shoot the DB in your party. And you, you allow that person to make an actual character. Okay. Now, the you heard it from way, him first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the other way that this is lying is that I don't, I, uh, it, it goes into the, uh, the second paragraph. These characters have thrown off the shackles of a mundane existence and the relative safety of city life in favor of exploration and adventure. 90% of people do not live a mundane existence. They live in absolute abject terror that something is going to come out of the woods and eat their family. The 10% that do live inside the actual MDC structure of a coalition state town or inside New Laszlo or the Federation of Magic, they're the only ones who are safe. That is a small, small percentage of the people who are out there farming out there mining, out there risking their lives every day just by walking out of their house. Being an adventurer actually creates more safety for the average person. Yeah, but people probably don't want to risk themselves to do that. Again, the life of an adventurer, well, uh, who knows at this point <laughs> in a world. Okay, this should be a like great this. question for you, you and Kevin, you know, uh, when if uh, Kevin and Sean come back. How dangerous is the world supposed to be? Because I agree with you again on this one where it's like walking outside is like, I can make it, I can make it, I can make it, I can make it, I can make it. It's like not knowing how to swim, but thinking you can float, but still trying to get to the other side of the pool. I should be able to do this, right? I, I floated before. 
can I make it over there? As you're tiring out, as somebody used to swim a lot, uh, you'll get tired very quickly if you don't know how to do it, right? So right. if you're going from here to you know 25 miles down the road to the next somewhat decent sized city, what are the odds you're going to get attacked? It's really high. It actually, uh, if you remember, uh, it was in the introduction that it, it gave the analogy between now and in rifts. Now, going, you know, 10 miles to the next town, you have a 99.9999% ad infinitum percentage chance to make it there. Whereas in the rifts world, that, that 10 miles may as well be a thousand. Your percentage chance go down, especially if you're just a dude. You know, uh, if 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 you're, uh, it's it's basically going from one major city to another major city is like taking an Oregon Trail trip, except instead of dysentery, you have you have you know, uh, strange children, glowing lights and things yeah, with tentacles. Children eating supernatural creatures that are all MDC, and and your little pop gun is not going to do it. All right not going to do it. So being adventure actually increases your chance of survival, especially when traveling outside of the, of the beautiful gated community that, that you are fortunate enough to have yourself reside in. But that being said, we will continue on. Okay. These are individuals driven more by more than wonderlust and curiosity, but a sense of purpose and destiny. I can agree with that. I can agree with that just fine. Men and women who have the courage to brave the chaos and horrors of Rift's Earth so they may experience its many wonders and beauty. Debatable. For many, the unknown becomes a thrill ride. Fair. For some, it's opportunity for heroics, fame, and fortune. Many others, life becomes a matter of honor and duty or responsibility they cannot shake. Sure, you, you can make all of these characters and all of that can be true. Fine. It's just the original premise that I have a super problem with. And we move down. To uh, As a result, these individuals adopt unconventional occupations that may brand them as heroes, rogues, criminals, eccentrics, avant-garde, strange, or insane. For most, or could be all the above, for most of the character's occupation, that's italicized for a reason, is his life's purpose or dream realized. It is what the character wants to do and who he is. Consequently, the majority of skills are occupation related. Wait, 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 wait. You called a lie in the first paragraph. I want to call a lie here or a potential lie. Maybe for the averages, I don't think every juicer wanted to be a juicer. And there are already stories written about not every crazy went willingly. That is true. Just saying, just saying. No, no, you are right. You have to write. You have to be a special kind of kind of person to choose to take away decades of your life or to voluntarily inevitably go insane either that or you were dragooned or it was either that or your entire family is going to die be if you don't do it and you're sacrificing yourself for your wife children mother father brother sister whatever then i get it that's great. You're going to regret it. Sure. Are, are you going to be a broody, pensive bastard? Probably. The drugs can help. <laughs> That's all I can <laughs> but, say. But I, but I think this goes back to like what I was saying with the, with the first paragraph is that 
on the whole, yeah, you're going to be playing something. I mean, first of all, you probably made the character. That's what you want to play. It's yeah. putting that into perspective as well. And chances are, yeah, you know what? If you want to do these things, it's there and available for you. That's that's kind of the premise of the game. So nitpicking, I wouldn't call it pedantic. I wouldn't necessarily call it nitpicking, but just kind of showing that it's it's not a it's not a 100. It's not an always thing, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, generally speaking, this is what you want to do. You've decided to take some of the world's burdens on your shoulders. Let's go do it. All right, so and we'll move on to these. There are three basic skill types for OCC categories. OCC skills. These are skills that are required for you to call yourself your OCC. If you are a juicer, there are some skills you're required to have or you won't be a juicer. If you're a glitter boy, there are some skills you're required to have or you can't be called a glitter boy or you can't function as a glitter boy. Example, if you... Take a Glitter Boy OCC, and for some reason, your, your game mass decides, oh, no, OCC skills are optional. And you decide not to take any kind of uh, maintenance skills. Your Glitter Boy is going to break down after a couple weeks, and uh, that's it. Now, paperweight. Are you Glitter Boy anymore? No, you're just a really crappy Merc. <laughs> a really bad one. And uh, if you are if you are a Leyline Walker, and uh, you decide, no, nah, reading, writing, magic, yeah, that's for suckers. I'll just wing it. You're not, you're not good. You're not doing, you're not doing good things. So, uh, you know, it's, it's important to take these skills because they are, they are to make sure that you are effective in your occupation. And then we have the OCC related skills. These are skills that have a little more broader range, little, little less laser focus, but are related to your job. It's funny. It says related right in the title. That's I know, awesome. right? So these will have some bonuses to start as well. Your your OCC skills are going to have comparatively massive bonuses to start because these were drilled into your head by your trainer. And in in the Rifts Earth, you it's OJT. You learn you learn your job as a trade. You study under someone who is that, and then you become that. So they stress these things to you. The OCC related skills are also stressed to the point where they do get some bonuses to start. And we'll go over these bonuses in a second, don't worry. But not to the to the amount that your base OCC, OCC skills are. And then we have secondary skills. These are skills that you learn on your own. This is your free time stuff. By the way, you know, compared if, to other games, Rift's characters don't have a lot of free time. <laughs> they don't have a lot of free time, so I wouldn't expect a whole lot of secondary skills for many OCCs. Wouldn't expect it. Stuff like a uh, rogue scholar or city rat or something like that will have more secondary skills. We'll have more OCC related skills because they're, they're not hyper-focused. They're more generalists. Whereas your, your, your combat, your magic, your psychic, they're very hyper-focused in one area. So they're not going to be able to branch out, but the secondary skills are, are taken from a limited list of the total skills and they almost never get any bonuses whatsoever because they are self-taught. All right, so those are your three categories. Moving on, we can now we have an understanding of what's happening. So we'll go for selecting skills. Step one, rolling up a character. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll just go to choosing an OCC. You choose your OCC and you cannot select skills without knowing your OCC or RCC because you, you must take your OCC skills first. That's the first ones you take when you get your when you get your class. That's because that's what your teacher taught you. 
uh, offers some background history and motivation behind each occupation, uses information as a guide to selecting a character that sounds fun, and then as an outline of how to play him. Now, this is important. If you choose a man-at-arms class, you are not going to take a whole lot of, of, of skills that are, say, I don't know, rogue rogue type skills or magic type skills because no, you because you're the you're the hammer and you see everything exactly. as nails yeah yeah i mean you're 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 not going to waste your skills well I, I say waste because they they don't help you you know perform your job on on things like you know uh magical lore fairy if there's you've you've never even heard of a fairy or never never known anyone who's ever seen one it's not useful to you you know, or well, except for except for where to target it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. In the face <laughs> usually works for most things. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah. So you're you're going to choose your skills after your OCC skills, which are all set in stone. Your related and secondary skills are going to be chosen based on your occupation and your character's background. Step three, skill selection. Characters have a broad range of skills with a focus of those that make the sense for life as a wandering adventure explorer or warrior. Characters like to pick up two or more physical skills. If you are a uh, a man at arms class, you'll pick up more. But if you are, say, a psychic or a or a magic using class, you'll pick up less. Uh, it is important to note that physical skills bonuses are accumulative. All, almost all, virtually all of <laughs> skill and attribute bonuses are cumulative. If you have two physical skills, both say plus one to physical strength, plus one to physical strength you get a total of plus two to physical strength. If two physical skills give you plus to SDC or plus to dodge, those are cumulative. You add them up, you get them both. So physical skills, again, in Palladium, are the best way to, to fix stats that you think are bad, which you know, you're probably going to be wrong anyway about that. Note, acrobatics and gymnastics provide similar abilities and bonuses. If both are selected, add the bonuses and pluses to your overall character as explained. Fine. However, Abilities such as backflip, climb rope, etc., do not add together, nor is the educational bonus added twice. This is a good thing. Some skills, some physical skills, give you a percentage chance to do physical feats, like tightrope walking, backflip, climb wall, climb rope, stuff like that. If you have two skills that give a percentage chance to do something, you take the highest one, and there you go. You don't add them together. You don't get a bonus because you had another skill that gave you the same thing. No, you take the highest one and you move forward with that. Uh, note on combat skills. This could be important. It's a note on combat skills. Throughout a character's history, he will probably train in some of the hand-to-hand -hand combat. Basic, expert, martial arts, assassin. Note that only one type of hand-to-hand -hand combat may be selected. In cases where more than one choice is available for selection, the player must select one of them and disregard the others. Hand-to-hand -hand combat is always part of an occupation that involves combat and adventuring, but other characters like Body Fixer, Cyberdoc, Rogue Scholar, Rogue Scientist can select hand-to-hand -hand combat as an OCC-related skill or secondary skill. Now, we're going to get into this later on, but everyone will get either basic or expert, depending nothing basic or expert depending upon their OCC as an OCC skill. If you want to increase this, you have to burn related skills. And we'll, we'll get into that later when we get more into this. Okay. So we move on to, okay. Oh, this is important too. Uh, right above the OC skill. If an OCC or RCC starts off with a skill that is not right there. Yep. Stop moving. 
has a pre if it has a prerequisite skill assume the character has the prerequisite skill as part of the training now this this is a little ambiguous i'm a little torn on this does that mean you give it to him or he can take this skill as if he had the prerequisite but still doesn't i think it's the latter but it could be the former I'm going to go with the latter moving forward. If, 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 if Kevin wants to go in the comments and say, no, if, if you start off with a, with a skill that requires a prerequisite, you get the prerequisite skill as well. Great. But that's not how I'm reading it. Okay. I'm reading it as you can skip the prerequisite and just get the skill. If it is part of an OCC or RCC that you have chosen. And then we go I don't to think OCC. I've ever run across this issue. That's why I'm yeah. kind of sitting here like, yeah, eh. the, the, yeah, yeah. The the reason this is put in here now and not in the old book is because I think some of the new OCCs for, for Rift's Ultimate, they do have skills that technically require a prerequisite. I would make you take it. I yeah, I I I understand, but the way I'm reading it I, I gotcha. Yeah, it, it seems like you can just take it without the prerequisite. All right. Most OCCs have one or more attribute requirements, such as an average to high IQ, physical prowess, and or other attributes. The character must meet or exceed these attribute requirements, or he cannot select the occupation. That means you have to roll, and then you have to qualify for your OCC. You can't, pass that ass, man. The, you can't qualify after the fact by boosting your skills, or boosting your attributes with skills. You have to qualify before taking it, which means you, you the GM may have to allow you to move stats around or have you re-roll everything again. It all depends on you and the game master. All right, now we get into skill skills. An occupational character class provides a set of skills required to do the job. We already said this. Occupational skills represent training that comes with one's chosen occupation and are required to do the job. And it's it's a uh, it's kind of like a MOS or your uh... actually I'm I'm sorry since we're getting into the three different types of skills before we move on should we hit some of these chat and then yeah, we can ahead. clear that out and start over okay this over here all right so going back to uh, RPG Digest may cause erectile dysfunction it may just it may I mean there's a lot of things that may cause erectile dysfunction yeah, and this, this could, could be, be one of them. them you know sitting too much right yeah that's true that's true. I'm sure my voice somewhere in there causes that. I'm just saying like oh, yeah. in oh, conjunction yeah. with, I don't know, atmospheric pressure. Yep. Sound of a male harpy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a marpy. A marpy. There it is. <laughs> Unless DB means dog boy, then you rub his belly and tell me he's a good boy for eating that inhuman baby. That's true. 100%. 100%. Who's, a, who's a good dog boy? Is that a crunchy little bit? <laughs> Uh, by the way, the the world of rifts is twenty seven percent more dangerous than current life in American big city. I will disagree, uh, except for places like Chicago and Detroit, which then you I have. Will, I will agree. <laughs> which you have some knowledge of. I have some knowledge of the Detroit area. Some rifts is a fantasy game set in the future. Thank you. I don't know if I'd consider it just fantasy, but yeah, I mean, if we had to go with the two main tropes, yeah, I think I would go with yeah. that. Yeah. Sci-fi fantasy. Yep, I'll get it. In Rifts, travel is so dangerous that no one except the rare quote-unquote adventurous any chance of making 10 miles down the road. Now let me show you the nations that trade with each other. Yeah, and and let, let me show you the nations that are trading with each other, how defended those caravans are. By what? Adventurers. People with OCCs. 
that's what the higher mercenaries or or it's if it's a coalition state they they put shock troops to make sure that those goods get there and every one of them yeah it seems like that would negatively affect trade it's just (laughs) come on man you're you're not some people take risks by himself it's not happening okay I don't know the world. I don't know the world well enough, and I know it's post-apocalyptic. So yeah, I can definitely see that. But nobody sends anything out. Yeah. Uh, it, th- think of think of rifts in general, like a uh, uh, Gulf War. If if you if you have someone or or something, you know, goods, services, whatever, moving from one base to another, it's a it's a convoy defended by a whole bunch of Humvees and a whole bunch of soldiers every single time. Somebody who had to do convoy training. I, that sucks. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, but that's the cost of doing business in a war zone, and rifts is a war zone. Okay, gotta go out, go with style. You know, I, I guess you know if if I had if I had some sort of uh, you know terminal butt cancer, uh, you see like how I re- referenced that other video. Um, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I knew. You know, I've got, uh, you know, three to five years left. Hell, six months left of my life. Well, let me let uh, these last six months be meaningful. Let's let's go have some fun. And, you know, the drugs may slow some of that down anyway. Yeah, I, I might be able to get a year, year and a half out of it with these drugs. Awesome. I've actually extended my life. Right? Great. Two more. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, OCC related skills are skills related to your OCC? I know. It's shocking. It's absolutely shocking, but true. I was I was floored. And finally, I'm so tired of hearing OCC and RCC. I should just say occupational racial skills. It's just it's part of the game now. And as somebody who's in the military, I have zero issues with the acronyms. I'm used yeah, to acronyms. Acronyms happen all the time, and you know it's it's meant to save time. The only thing that irked me, and it doesn't anymore, but irked me like when I was going through the Palladium stuff and Kevin, I don't know if he's still in for Well, he still enforces some of it for sure, but uh, if he still has it, but he has this uh, style guide that he uses, right? For, for things like you can't say PC, you have to say player character. And because to him, PC means a computer, right? Well, one of them was all these acronyms must include the dot. Now, somebody who's been in the military, fuck your diet, because <laughs> we just we just put capital letters for everything, right? But I mean, I yeah. get what he's saying, but he ha- he has his own style guide that. Uh, but it also the one thing I'll say about it is it does help it stand out. When I see o dot c dot c dot, instantly, boom, you there's know just means. no yeah. hesitation or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so we we've gone through the OCC OCC skills. These are your skills that are necessary to to make your character, to make your class, your class, your character, your class. And then we go to the next page to OCC related skills. The these are skills just like I said. Oh my God, related to your class, not necessary to perform your function, but related. Le- left side. Yeah, I had to get my mouse yeah. slider thingy. Re- related but not necessary. And you and uh, in, in most cases you can get new ones as you as you progress for example new OCC related skills some available to the character at pre designated intervals as the character grows in experience for example 3 6 9 and 12 these skills are developed later in life are presumed to be something the character has been studying learning and practicing on the side they they're better than secondary skills because they are related to something you are an expert in so so you learn them better and faster Whenever a new OCC related skill becomes available at later levels, the character starts using that skill at first level proficiency. 
That this is important. A lot of people get this wrong. Yes. Well, th this is why I like the term rank when it comes to skills and that not level. Yes. yes. Uh, skills. If you want to think of it like like Max does, which which I recommend. What? Every time you level, your existing skills go up by one rank. Your new skills start at rank one. So if you're level two, all the skills you had at level one rank up to rank two, which means they go up by between two and 7% on average across the board. But any skill you now receive because you're level two starts at rank one, which is your base skill level plus any bonuses you may have because of OCC related or intelligence or whatever. But it's still considered rank one. When you go to, when you go to level three, all of your skills that are rank two become rank three and your skill that was rank one now becomes rank two. So that's, that's how that works. And your OCC related skills are, are a list of skills that can be, can be attributed to your attributed to your <laughs> class. So it's a, it's a list you must choose from. There's some that aren't on it. Some, some skills that just aren't, aren't qualified to be related to your character class, but it's usually a pretty good list. Speaking of that list, we're going to go to secondary skills. Now, secondary skills are stuff you learn on the side, stuff you learn on your own. No one taught it to you. You found a book or, or you just figured it out. And usually it's, it's far fewer than your OCC and OCC related skills at level one. As you go up in level, you will get more secondary skills. As you've lived your life, you learn new things, you know, like how to tie your shoes. Alive. Yeah. If you're still alive, you've learned new stuff. That's great. But this list of possible secondary skills is much more curtailed. And if we go to the right side of the page and a little up, we, we can see that the uh, available secondary skill list by category. Oh, the cowboy category. Yeah. You can choose communications, any except these cowboy, none domestic, any electrical, only those two espionage, none horsemanship, just those two. And the list goes on and on from there because many of these skills require you to have a teacher espionage skills. You can't just learn on your own trial and error. No, usually if you're trying to sneak into somewhere or doing counterintelligence and you're not skilled in it, you're going to die or, or what are you going to fail? And you're not going to learn anything. So you need someone to teach that stuff to you and physical skills. You can choose a hand to hand, basic aerobic athletics, athletics, general bodybuilding, weightlifting, climbing, running, and swimming only, only those skills can be taken as secondary skills. Notice there's no boxing. Notice there's no gymnastics. Notice there's, there's, a, isn't a lot of other things. There's, there's, there, there's swimming. You can learn yeah. to swim. On but not, but not swimming. It, but which is kind of weird because like uh, like snorkeling, for example, a lot of what falls under scuba, you can get scuba certified in five days in Okinawa. Well, that's great. But first, you have to learn how to swim. Uh, no, no, I get that. But I'm, I'm saying like, I don't know. It's weird to me that that it requires training. The reason the reason it requires training is because you have to you have to handle the equipment properly. You have to be able to properly maintain it. And that requires someone to train you to do it. Yeah, if you're just like doing said, it on your own, like, oh, it'll probably be right. You're probably going to die. Like I said, it's a five-day class, but at the same time, I'm not trying to nitpick. It's just that was one of the weird ones for me because. Yeah, but there's there's no classes in riffs, okay? There's no classes. You get no, you nobody stands. Nobody stands on sides. Okay, guys, uh, I know no. how to do this. Let me show you five people how to do this. I, I don't do. I don't agree no. with that at all. No. <laughs> 
Yeah. And so there, there's, there's no scuba there. There's no boxing. There's no gymnastics because you need people to train you to do those things. You can't just guess and learn and stumble through it. You need someone to train you. So they're not used as a secondary skill, but, but also weapons. So, sorry, just, just for chat, just also some of those skills could be abused in game. I do yeah. understand this is a game first. Yes. You don't, you don't want to break it right off the bat. Like many skills do many games do okay skill bonuses here's the thing occ skills have the highest bonuses occ related skills have medium or low bonuses secondary skills almost never have a bonus whatsoever now i'm not counting high iq we have a high iq these are bonuses across the board whenever you get a skill you get that bonus great good for you but not everyone has a 17 iq what that's true i i heard this I mean, it's, it's not my experience, but I've heard, I've heard about this. <laughs> so, you know, you are, you're, you're going to get bonuses the, the, with the more exhaustive training you got in that subject. Your, and your OCC skills are going to be the most exhaustive training you've gotten. Your, your, your trainer push these skills on you day and night. So you're going to get the most bonuses. Your related skills, you were trained, so you get bonuses, but they're not going to be as as large because not enough time was spent on it your secondary skills where you taught yourself almost no bonuses whatsoever so get ready for that do the Skill bonuses penalties. take effect at level one yeah okay oh i'm sorry i was thinking i was going with the plus five per level stuff oh oh i'm sorry yeah uh plus five per level of experience there 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 is there are two camps to this one is right and one is wrong <laughs> The, the the first camp is it says 50% plus 5% per level of experience. Well, I start at level one. That is a level of experience. So it's 55. And then there's the other camp. You mean the camp you know, that's written literally right here into the book? Yeah, it's written. Yeah, th that's why they did this. Yeah, that's why they did this. The, the other people who say, no, you have to gain a level having the skill to increase it. Yeah, but that, that's the camp. The one that you're saying is wrong is the camp that's written right here into the book. Exactly. Yes. It's written in this book, but in the original Rift's book, it was not, it was not yeah. spelled out like this. That is how you do it. You don't get the per level bonus just by getting the skill and having a level. No, it's per per advanced level. Okay, so you valid. have the skill and you advance a level, then it goes up. Yeah. And that you makes sense because you would have the base. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have the skill first and then you get experience and then it ranks up. Okay. You can't get a skill and then rank it up by not doing anything. No, that's cheating. That'd be like a double bonus on top of a bonus on top of exactly. your IQ bonus just for starting off the character. Yeah, no, I agree. Exactly. No. Then we have skill penalties. Now, obviously, some of these skill penalties are going to be, uh, you know, pretty much the way it is. Like if you're under fire, you're going to get a penalty. If you if you're uh, looking in this instance, if you're looking at an unknown or alien machine that you have no idea if it even runs on some kind of electricity, you're going to have a problem with it. And you're going to get minuses. Uh, bio, uh, bionics and cybernetics uh, are machines are very different from commercial machines. So if you have mechanical, mechanic, a general mechanical skill, yes, bionics and cybernetics have gears and servos and stuff like that. But they're all microtech and and you know cir cir and and uh, strange circuit boards that are aren't taught in the general class. You're you can still try, but you're going to get minuses. So answer me this question, Heathen Doug. Yeah, I really want to be able to work on cybernetics, but not suffer such a penalty. Is there a way to do that? There is. You can get the skill. Or 
You could just be the OCC focused on that. Or you could be that. the Cyberdoc. There you yeah. go. Yeah. See, that, that's the thing. There are always aspects of this game that will help you to work around. Now, maybe not the alien tech so much. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong in this one. I don't remember seeing too much that'll help you with alien tech right off the bat. No, but it's, it's more experience at that point. Yeah, if you want if you want to deal with cybernetics and bionics, no, just because you're a mechanic or an electrician or, or whatever, uh-uh. You actually need to be a cyber doc. You focus on that. That is yes. part of your OCC training. Yes. And that brings us to the military technology. Now, military tech is different than regular <laughs> tech. Do you see what it says right here? No, where? Military technology is often more advanced and even cutting edge. Sure, have you ever to... have you ever worked for the military? <laughs> okay, now now hang on, hang on, hang on. This is what they're talking about. There is a fundamental difference between a missile and a micro missile. Fundamental technology difference. Oh, it's all the same, just smaller. No, man. No. All the tolerances are tighter. They're all different. They're all lower. You can easily destroy any kind of microtech just by poking it one time with a with a pair of tweezers. It's dead. It's a completely different different skill set. So if you can try something similar, but you're gonna get minuses. And if you don't put it back together right, it won't be hardened against EMP or radiation or whatever, like a lot of military weapons are. Or, or military communications devices, they are hardened for EMP, but if you don't ma maintain or repair them properly, it loses that protection. So yes, there is a, there is a difference in mil military tech. Not in our experience because we didn't use, you know, weapons of war tech, but there is one. Pressure situations. This is one where, you know, you're under fire or it's freezing cold or you're holding your breath or, you know, whatever. You're, you're, you're trying to pick a lock with a stick. You know, you're going to get minuses because of that. And this is a, not an exhaustive list. This is an example list yes. to help the game master come up with, with, uh, with his own minuses, depending on the situation. And I've seen so many people rules lawyer this list. I think the only one that maybe has been rules lawyered more are the weird firing rules. If you've got weapon proficiencies, proficiencies yeah. and so forth with the burst firing 10% of this and what but this is me. No, -uh. it says here. Let's just pick one. Distracted by outside force only minus ten to minus twenty. Well, guess what? I'm telling you, it's minus twenty five. Really, damp dice. Or I'm telling you, yeah, you're distracted, but you know you're a hero. Take your minus five and shut up. You know, like, like it's weird the way people will. Hold the page what was it three hundred four says eh. no, no, no. The all game. This these, is just a yeah. guideline. Just like he says, all of these are examples for the game master to make a determination at the moment yes because that moment is different than every other moment in this this book cannot predict every Everything. situation you're going to be in it's the game master's call this is just a guideline then we move on to the actual skill list all um, right so, but before that we'll hit some chat okay i only start four okay uh let me slide this back over here it's just easier to read then over here boop old school says i love palladium randomization Roll for everything. Hey, yes. you're going to love. I'm going to be on Gatekeepers on the 23rd of November. Actually, I'm going to be hosting Gatekeepers on the 23rd of November. And the subject matter for that day are charts and tables. How to use them, how to abuse them, and how not to use them. Hmm. 
So uh, come by and check that out because uh, Palladium will be brought up a lot in that one. Yeah. No, uh, there are only a couple of instances in all the Palladium books we've done this year where I've advised to yeah. not use a roll chart, to not. And while only I don't always couple. fully agree, it makes sense as to why you're saying don't do that. It's exactly, it. yes. But most of the time, rolling the chart makes for a more fun character. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, only flaw with skills is due to bloat. I hear this a lot. You know, you and I yeah. have talked about this as yes. well. Cowboy yeah. is not a skill category. We're actually, I think one of the comments that we're going to go through at the end of this segment uh, actually includes this as well, that nobody that I've talked to likes the cowboy list, or if they do, they're just like, whatever, I don't care. Like, you know, not a big deal. Um, yeah. All the skills can be redistributed to wilderness and weapon categories. I agree, weird guy. There, there are some, there are some that, that everyone would take. There's the uh, sharpshooter and uh, there's some kind of quick draw skill or something like that. And there's, there's another one where it's. Uh, I could see it, sharpshooter being under military. They already, already have sniper. No, 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 no. The, 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 uh, the new West skill for, for, uh, for sharpshooting and, and, and. Yeah, uh, is that I'll, in this book? It, it could be in this book. I don't know, but there, there is a skill combination in new West where you end up uh creating a gun kata character i don't know i don't know if you watched the christian bale vehicle uh movie uh equilibrium uh, yeah i've seen it but it was a long okay, time ago remember the, the gun kata where they do all, all these weird things with guns and like shoot yes yes, yes 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 yeah yep. yeah if, if you get the right combination of skills you can do that and that makes you op completely yeah but i would say that that skill stays in new west if that skill comes yeah, from the yeah. west but that's how and, i do that, it that's exactly what weird guy is saying just get rid of cowboy and and put all the relevant skills that anyone can get in the wilderness or weapon category and the ones that that you should stay in the new west have them be occ skills so only. so that that's my question then since this book riffs ultimate has the cowboy category we're, we're gonna find out because okay. we're gonna get the skill list after this all right, so the next one we have is mil spec equals a little bit right. <laughs> right. That, that is that is one thing. Uh, now, to be fair, yes, everything built by the government is built by the lowest bidder, but there is a minimum required yes. level of of um, uh, of, work, of, of, of craftsmanship and lowest bidder. So if you bid low, but but you can't you can't bring that 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 level of craftsmanship to the to I forget the, the acronym in no. contracting but it is it's like a lowest uh low yeah lc uh lcte yeah uh, lowest cost technically acceptable or lcta whatever the hell it is yeah um yep. so th that's actually a term in contract and, and, but with the lowest cost and to be fair the actual hardware that goes out there and kills people and does really cool stuff like satellites and whatnot lowest bidder or not that is very highly specialized stuff. It just sucks that the PC that I work on at work is like, a, I don't know, I think it's still a Pentium 2. <laughs> a, a Dell Omniplex or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And finally, Heathen Dogs, the Palladium Encyclopedia. I'd love to see him run a oh, session. I, I'm i going to be in one. Uh, actually, Max and I are actually going to going to be in a session. We're not going to run it. We're going to be in it. But uh, that that's coming in the next month or so of december 2nd on the friday night chill stream and it's go. going to literally i'm going to hit that start button and the game is going to commence oh no 30 second countdown gotta have a 30 second well, we'll, we'll have no but yeah, we'll have the 30 second countdown because otherwise okay. you know you don't know exactly when it starts but yeah it is we're kicking off jumping right into the game so no exposition no hellos we are just going to pop into that thing on 2 december okay 
And we now, are, and uh, Heathen Dog and I are both players in the game. That's right. Now, uh, while I do, no, put put that back up. While while I, I lost do it. appreciate the uh, the compliment, if anyone tells you I'm a Palladium expert, they're they're telling you they're full of shit. <laughs> wow. There is no way. There's I'm absolutely it. no way. It's been going on for too many decades. There's been too many books. No one has a complete encyclopedic knowledge of Palladium. Was it when when Kevin was here? Didn't he even say that like, yeah. Sean would he, correct he him he, or something? Yeah, it, it you know it. Uh, there, there was a, a line that that uh, Doctor Doom said in a, in a comic uh, one time, whereas uh, I've forgotten more about tactics and warfare than you'll ever know. And what he, of lot, course, yeah. what what he meant by that was he's been doing this so long that you can never approach the knowledge, and even if you did, you would only approach the knowledge that over the decades has slipped his mind. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> He's too old he's for Palladium old. shit. He's Murtaugh. That's right. <laughs> he's, 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 he's the Kevin Murtaugh. That's his name now. <laughs> also understand one other thing, like like with me, um, Heathen Dog knows, God, I can't talk. Heathen Dog knows more about Palladium than I do, but I know what I know when it comes to like after the bomb. But I also house rule a lot of things. And I'm so mm -hmm. used to some of my house rules that sometimes I forget which one's the house rule, which one's the real rule. Yeah. Yep. So it's not that the game is bad. I just do it for the for the the style and flow that I want in my game. Okay. All right. Let me move this right. back over here so I can continue to stare chat. Oh, All right. Now we'll yeah, look I'll at the skill list. We're not going to go over every skill. We're we're going to go over what? a smattering. But we are going to the very first thing we're going to look at is scroll down a little bit to cowboy skills. <laughs> there they are. We're going to look at these. Branding. Breaking, taming wild horse, herding cattle, horsemanship, cowboy, horsemanship exotic. Lore, American Indians. Lore, cattle animals. Roping, trick riding, and rope. Now, I don't think anyone, any glitter boy, any juicer, any rogue scholar is going to miss, is going to be butthurt that they can't take cowboy skills as secondary skills. I'm pretty sure this, this is all very niche to specific OCCs that should stay in the New West and die in a hole. I mean, there's a couple that I can see on here that I think, like, uh, for example, pretty much anything lore, I think anybody should have the opportunity to look. I mean, it, it might be yeah, a waste of time. Yeah, but the thing is, lore American Indians, this is a small section of North America that you may not live in, so that's not going to be useful. You've never either. had niche studies? Not, this is riffs we're talking about. There is no such thing as niche studies. Mm. You only study things that can help you in your life because your life is hanging by a thread every day. You you don't you don't have time to to study Esperanto, okay? You don't. I don't know. I think that's on the list. <laughs> I don't think it is. But uh, we'll start off with uh, you know the the list. You go ahead and take a look at the list. Uh, communication skills. We have uh, regular communications, talking back and forth. We have literacy. We have language. Uh, native tongue obviously starts off at a higher percentage than learning a second language. Eighty-eight versus fifty, and then we have the the electronic communications all in the same category. It didn't used to be this way. It used to be electronic skills were in electronic skills, but now we have uh, cryptography, electrical countermeasures, uh, optic systems, radio basics, sensory equipment, all in the same skill category as sign language, singing, performance. Yeah, so this used to, singing used to be a domestic skill. Didn't yes, it? yes. It used to be, yeah. And for the Rift's Ultimate book, they changed everything around. That's why this is an important segment. Then we can crap over the 
the uh, cowboy skills, domestic skills, brewing, cook, dance, fishing. Oh. I don't know why. Again, why did they put sing in communications? It's just as communicative as dance. Interpretive they, dance can really sell you a message. Yes, yes. interpretive dance teaches you things. And no, no, I, I couldn't even do that. <laughs> fishing, gardening, housekeeping. Take note: housekeeping is a skill. Housekeeping. I have I have a secondary skill in housekeeping. Housekeeping. Play musical instruments. God damn it. Play <laughs> instruments, recycle, sewing, recycle. We're going to take a look at that because I want to know what that means. Recycling. Sewing. Actually, that's a pretty good, that one's in after the bomb also. That's a nice skill. But check it out. Look what we have. A duplicate skill. Sing. Yep. I, yeah. I already pointed that out. Yep. That's right. It is in communications and domestic. Why? Well, apparently, uh, Kevin or whoever put together list, this list hey, decided. If I'm playing Minmay. I can only communicate through horrible singing and saving the universe at DB. All DBs run away in fear of the singing. There you go. Oh, wait, that's not Minmay. That's me. There you go. And then we have electrical skills, basic electronics, computer repair, electrical engineer, electrical generate, electricity generation. Uh, we're, that's one we're going to look at. We're going to look at that one. Which one? Well, My wife is trying to, she's threatening me right now, telling me I better not start singing. Yeah, that's a good plan. And then well, we have skill espionage we skills. The, oh. the, these are your, your sneaky and or spy skills. Detect ambush, concealment, disguise, escape artist, forgery, impersonation, intelligence. This isn't this isn't intelligence. Oh, I'm really smart. No, this is gathering intelligence, gathering information on an adversary. I rolled an 18 Sorting. on my intelligence, but I failed my intelligence roll. Does that make me stupid? Yes. Yeah, it, it makes you functionally stupid. <laughs> yeah. uh, gathering raw data on your enemy and sorting through that data to what's relevant and what's not. That's an all encompassing intelligence skill. Interrogation, pick locks, pickpockets, sniper, tracking, undercover ops, and wilderness survival. Wilderness survival, you're going to see again, really it, sh it should be, it's going to be under wilderness as well. So we're going to do that here. Horsemanship skills. Wait, it's why isn't this not under cow? Okay, never mind. Yeah. Oh, Cause there is one horsemanship cowboy. Oh, never yeah. mind. It, it's in the cowboy skill list and it's in the horsemanship skill list, which means if you're barred from the cowboy part, oh, you can still take it here. Oh, uh, okay. You know what? I, I'm, I'm accepting of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mechanical skills. These are, these are, you know, repairing and maintaining different kinds of vehicles, aircraft, cars, robots, APCs, stuff like that. Medical skills, animal husbandry, brewing, medicinal, uh, CSI, cybernetic medicine this is uh this is this is not the bionics itself and not the body itself it's the interconnectivity between the bionics cybernetics and the human body that's that that's what that's what that is based on uh entomological medicine we're gonna look at that one right it's, now or after no no when, when we go to the skill list we're gonna okay. look at that one Field surgery, first aid, forensics, holistic medicine, wow. paramedic, medical doctor, psychology, and veterinary science. Look at that percentage for field surgery. 16. <laughs> Notice your field surgery is, is a dangerous thing to do. You're not in a sterile environment. You're not using anything tool, any tools that are clean. You can't, you can't disinfect anything. The odds of surviving field surgery are negligible and the skill percentage reflects that it's not a reflection of the person's skill it's a reflection of the adverse environment creating hazards so there's a reason why it's that low 
Then we have military skills, camouflage, demolitions, demolition disposal, demolitions underwater, field armor, munitions expert, forced march, military etiquette, military fortification, naval history, naval tactics, NBC warfare. Television warfare? Oh, uh, nuclear, biological, chemical. Oh, there you go. I was wondering if you're going to say that or not. Parachuting, recognized. I've been through too much training in that nonsense. How could I not? (laughs) And then we have our physical skills. All the hand-to-hand combats. I like to go commando. And no hand-to-hand combat. (laughs) What's that? And acrobatic, aerobic athletics, athletics general, boxing, blah, blah, blah. Juggling. That'll teach physical prowess. I get that. Scuba. There's your scuba. Uh Uh-huh. And but I can't take it as a secondary day. skill, though. I can't take a five-day class. No, you can't, because there isn't a five-day class in Rift Earth. Bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, there's not. <laughs> hey, you want to make one? Make one. Pilot skills. Pilot whatever. Jetpacks, helicopters, hovercraft, APCs, airliners, whatever. You have to pick it. You got it. Water scooters. I actually have water scooters. Personally, I would classify this boat, but whatever. Pilot related, this this these these are skills that relate to all all piloting things. If you if you want to pilot by anything more than just your eyeballs, you're going to need navigation, read sensory equipment. Rogue skills, ID, undercover agent, gambling, find contraband, concealment, hacking, pickpockets, prowl. Again, those those fall into two areas: streetwise, tailing. Uh, science skills. Artificial wait, wait, wait. intelligence. Didn't tailing used to actually fall? into the um the hell is it called i thought that was Uh, it used to be rogue skills but i think they got rid they got rid of road skills yeah but but i thought tailing was directly part of maybe i'm not maybe the change i don't see it here at least it's not jogging my memory i thought that was part of a skill previously anyway Um, all right i i think in palladium fantasy uh it was part of tracking 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 yes tracking humanoid not tracking animal right tracking humanoid yeah, that was part of that. All right. And then we have science skills, anthropology, archaeology, artificial intelligence, chemistry, analytical chemistry, pharmaceutical chemistry, math, basic advanced, zoology, xenology, technical skills. Uh, the, these are your uh, trade school type skills. Uh, praise goods, art, begging. Begging is a technical skill. Well, if you're going to be good at it, you better practice it you and practice, take yeah. down some notes. Yep. Computer I got my associates in begging. Programming, cybernetics, basic. Uh, let's see. Jury rig. We're going to look at that one. That's a good one. I like jury rig. Yeah. All the lores, DB lore, monster lore, fairy lore, juicer lore, magic lore. Really? This is not an exhaustive list. If the GM allows it. Yeah. He will allow any kind of lore that you want as, as long as he believes it's specific enough. Like lore, North America. No, it's not specific enough. Regional lore. Excuse me. That's different. That's, that's fine. Whittling and sculpting. That's funny. Then we have the weapon proficiencies, weapon modern, weapon ancient, and then the wilderness skills. Uh, wilderness survival, hunting, identify plants and animals, land navigation, preserve food, spelunking, fasting. <laughs> fasting is a skill. I just thought it was when you ran out of food, you just drink water and then you keep going until you get well, food. Well, if you or practice die. at fasting, it won't uh, affect you as much. Okay. All right, uh, then it, uh, we're going to look at that skill in, in the wilderness okay. skill because everything else is self-explanatory, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how well it uh, it takes away modifiers from not having food because that's important. Okay. All right, skill description. Well, sh- and, should we hit? Should we hit? Uh, yeah, chat? Hit, hit, hit some chat while we go into skill description. I'm going to hit chat and one other thing. In fact, I'm going to do this one other thing first. Okay. Uh oh. 
So I've got to stop sharing and put this over here and start sharing because I think this is important to put in here right now. We are still in 2022, right? And we're in the month of October 2022. So we're coming up on Christmas season. That's true. You can go to Palladium Books right now and get you. I'm going to zoom in on this until it, there we go. It's readable. And you can get your 2022 Xmas surprise package. It's uh, $58 plus shipping, so usually about $68. And you get 100 By the way, if you want to know why somebody said, well, Max, the price went up, they're just built. No, they're not bilking anybody. Shipping costs are a five-letter B word right now, <laughs> okay? Uh, there's yeah. not much they can do about it. Yeah, it and, it's inflation, man. The, the the paper costs more money, Yeah, all right? It, that's just the way it is. Discord, Everything costs more. People just talking about what's happening with their free league purchases, what's happening with their modifius purchases and so forth. There's nothing Palladium can do about this. So don't blame them. But you get 95 to 105, sometimes more worth of Palladium books. I got my Christmas surprise package already. And Sean said every morning they're knocking out those signatures and putting these things together. So sweet. Got to put in a list of at least 10 items. They prefer 12 to 15. I always give them just 10. <laughs> the, the thing with me is I have every Palladium book I want. So everything's like, well, I don't need anything else. So, okay, I'll go with this one and this one and this one. But if you're looking for stuff out there, if you need to fill up that collection or you want to try some different games, I got that, uh, what's it called? That systems failure. I yeah. got systems failure. It's a different game that I hadn't played before. I wanted to see it. I got it. Uh, you can find again, rifters in there. You can put in things like t-shirts. Actually, that's a little checkbox right here. Uh, mm -hmm. You can put in t-shirts. You can put in pencils and I don't know, whatever else. I don't know if you can do minis, but maybe. Anyway, you can read all of it here as to what you can put in, what you can get. Great stuff. Check it out. I will put the link to this in the description. Well, the link to Palladium is already in the description, but I will put this in our chat right now. And yes, Crafty, I know it's not Free League's fault, but we're talking about that there are shipping... There's shipping issues going on in the entire world right now. So it's just one of those things. There you go. That's the link. If you want to get your 2022 Xmas surprise package, they do this every year. So if you're watching this in the future, yep, there'll be a 2023 and a 2024 and a 2027. All right. Stop sharing that. And let's go back to our end chat. Okay. Now, the first thing we're going to look at for communication skills, oh, wait, I wait, think chat. We got to chat. Oh, that's right. Sorry, chat. Sorry. So uh, Baldahar is thinking um, roping, branding, and trick writing are necessary skill set for dealing with the ladies of the night. <laughs> and ladies should certainly have horsemanship, cowboy. Baldahar, if you weren't a VIP, moving on. Field surgery. Think more like Civil War air conditions. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you know, uh, field surgery is going to be, oh, uh, this this leg is shattered beyond repair. We're going to have to cut it off. And the odds of getting gangrene and die are very high. So, yeah, there it is. And finally, would Palladium be good for Blade Runner? Now, before he answers that, let me just say that, uh, well, I'm not getting it because Blade Runner bores the living crap out of me. You can take my nerd card away if you want. It's boring. Not bad. Boring. There's a difference. Um, Free League's got a Blade Runner game. So, and I love the Free League system, but this can be a little different, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, Free League Publishing's got a Blade Runner game if you want to check that out. But would Riffs be good for that? I'm going to yeah. go out on a limb and say, yeah, because it can do everything. Yeah, riff, Riffs can do everything. I mean, uh, uh, sci-fi, uh, just take out the magic. That's easy enough. 
and uh, it's it has as built in, you know, futuristic stuff, hover vehicles and, you know, robots that, that are sentient. Stuff. It already has all that. It has all that. So it's easy enough to make. All right. We're going to look at barter for communication skills. Hey, barter. It shouldn't be under the bees. There it is. First one. That's right. A skill at bargaining with merchants, businessmen, thieves, traders, and other characters to get a fair price or fair exchange of trade goods or services. Now, you may think that, that oh, God, I don't want to take this skill. No, no. You want to take this skill or you want someone in your party to take this skill because everyone starts off with what? Black market items. You start off with black market items, and if you want to get credits for those black market items, you have to haggle. You have to go to you have to go to a fence, and he's going to try and get as much value out of you as possible, which means taking credits out of your pocket. If yeah, you have crafty. Partners... What? Oh, we we were having a discussion about salesmen uh, on Discord earlier. Okay. If you have the barter skill, you can get more for your black market items, more money. So have a guy, have a barter guy in your party. You're going to make a lot more money. You're going to afford more mini missiles and you, you, you can afford to get that nuclear engine replaced every 20 years. Very important. And then we move on to, we're going to skip cowboy because that's dumb. We're going to move on to domestic skills. We're going to look at cook. Okay. What page is that on? Okay. I don't know. Cause I'm zoomed, cause I'm zoomed way the hell in. Fine, I'll zoom out. Skip, skip. Domestic skill. That's going to be page 307. And you said cook? Cook. Skilled in selecting, planning, and preparing meals. A cooking roll failure means the food is not properly prepared. It is edible, but tastes lousy. Yeah, don't kill your players on a failed roll. This is what what a lot of of Palladium Game Masters don't, don't do. If you do not have the cooking skill, and you try and cook food, there is a chance it's going to be undercooked or cooked improperly and not be edible, and you're going to get diarrhea. You know why? Because it's not cinematic. But the thing is, if you take the cooking skill, you are guaranteed that the food is going to be good enough to eat. Is it going to taste great? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on what you roll. But it won't make you sick. And when you're when you're on the Oregon Trail, that is going anywhere from anywhere in Rift's Earth. Being able to hunt and properly prepare food are two very important things because you want to take more goods with you and less consumables because you can fit more goods, make more money on the trip because the trip is dangerous. You don't want to make a second trip if you don't have to. So having a cook for for your everyday life is excellent work, excellent job. You want that. All right, and now we'll move on to electrical skills. And there's only three, four. And we're looking at electricity generation. It's on the next page. Top ah, left, top left, that's, right that's a new one. I haven't even heard of that one. I know. that. That's why, that's why I wanted to do it. Electricity is generated in a variety of ways. Sunlight, wind, hydro, batteries, combustion engines, nuclear engines, fusion engines. This skill gives the character an understanding of how and why these generation systems work. And he's able to use, link, and repair such motors, turbines, and generator systems. But not to build them from scratch. Okay, this okay, this is what it is. It's basically a, uh, a generator maintenance skill. If it makes electricity you can maintain it and repair it 
but not build one from scratch. If you want that, you have to get in the into the more uh, the electrical mechanical. engineer. Yeah, electrical engineer type skills. But you are able to maintain the the uh, the the hydro generator for this town. You're able to maintain and repair the the uh, solar system for this other town. This is a great way to make money and make people like you. If you roll into a town. And they're wary of outsiders, but you say, hey, I, I see that your windmill isn't spinning and there's wind out. What's going on? Oh, that thing hasn't worked in two years. I can fix that. What? Yeah, I can fix that. No, you can't. Buster tried that a couple of years ago and well, can he, I try? he ain't never come out. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? It still doesn't work? You Let find Buster and there's a zombie. Yeah, Buster's a zombie. Okay, well then you... Taking the Merc with you, but uh, <laughs> you, you fix it. You get you get the generator up and running. They're very happy with you. They're going to give you more favorable deals. They're they're going to give you favorable information. They're 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 going to give you food, free lodging, whatever. These are skills that are useful in role play that will benefit the entire group. Because I don't know if you know this, I've already stated that goods traveling from one place to another is a very dangerous occupation and sometimes they don't make it so they may not get spare parts they, they may not get replacements so if you have electricity generation and mechanical engineering you can do this for them and get their undying love and gratitude why isn't there an occ trucker trucking turtles baby well uh, maybe we already have OCC Cowboy in the new West. We don't need that. <laughs> Fair, okay. Right. Espionage skills. Which one of these espionage skills are we going to look at? I don't know. Let's see here. We're going to look at... Um, don't look at impersonation. That's too long. Yeah, that's way long. <laughs> We're not going to look at intelligence either. By the uh, way, Sniper just gives you a plus two to shooting. Okay, let's move yeah. on. Plus two, to, plus two to your aim shot. Uh, detect ambush. That this, okay. is, this is a good one. This is a good one. Detect ambush. This is this is one that a lot of people are going to use. Training that develops an eye for spotting locations and terrains suitable for ambushes and being ambushed. It also provides a rudimentary knowledge of guerrilla tactics used by the enemy. The detect ambush skill gives the user the ability to spot potential ambush sites based on terrain and possible modes attack. It is not specific enough to detect individuals prowling. Now, what this does. It allows you to roll to see where good ambush spots are. Not if you're going to be ambushed. There may literally be no one there. Mm -hmm. But if, if I if I were to ambush you, I'd do it right over those hills. Yeah, exactly. If we are going through this valley, that spot right there would be the place to create a kill corridor. We have to make sure no one's in that spot before we go in this valley. That's the kind of thing that happens. That's the proactive stuff that you'd want to do. Now, to you know, it doesn't say it's an automatic roll, which means it's not, which means you have to stop and say, I want, I want to look around before we make camp, be, be, before we, we go through this, this narrow passage. I want to roll detect ambush to try and find spots that, that would be bad if someone were to attack us from. You succeed, you get the spots, and you scout them out. If anyone's there, you take them by surprise, maybe. That'd be great. But be that as it may, you didn't walk into an ambush because you knew about it beforehand. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we move on from espionage to horsemanship. Nope. 
<laughs> I'm not doing that. You want to learn horsemanship? You do it on your own time. Mechanical skills. And the one I wanted to look at was... Uh, vehicle armor. Okay. This is a good one. That's a long vehicle one. armor. It's on the bottom of page 312. Yeah, but it's really long. No, it's not. Uh, vehicle armor, a specialized skill in which character can do more than just tinker with the mechanics of a vehicle. Here's all the things you can do. You can add extra armor or repair armor on a vehicle, either SDC or MDC at 12 MDC or SDC per level of experience to military or combat vehicles, full-size vans and trucks, five MDC per level for commercial non-combat vehicles. And let, let's say custom body modification, repaint, modify, or completely reconfigure the body of a vehicle to change its or disguise its original appearance or to make it look innocent, old, new, scary, whatever. This is vehicle camouflage. You can turn your APC into a cargo van. It'll still have all of the abilities and and uh, and defenses and offenses of an APC, but it'll look like an innocuous cargo van. You can do that. Replace SDC component parts with MDC equivalents. This is not as important unless you're playing a game where someone in your party was rifted from somewhere else, which is completely viable in rifts. Well, uh, could you uh, see it as, say, like a town defense type scenario? Like, uh, you know, you, you go into an area, it's like, these defenses aren't going to protect you from the upcoming Zidisic, whatever the hell they're called, invasion. We need we need to up armor your town. And that'll work, too. Yes. I mean, uh, but actually, this is vehicles. This is this is well, specifically I, okay. vehicle armor. Specifically vehicle armor. Get what I was saying, though. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yes. You'd, yeah, you'd want to do that, too. But uh, if, if replacing SDC components and parts with MDC equivalents, if say uh, you have an, an, an SDC vehicle from Heroes Unlimited that was rifted into rifts, a person with, with this skill can change the SDC armor to MDC armor, can change the SDC weapons and install MDC weapons. This is possible. I, I, I highlighted an important uh, no, no, all of the above is illegal in the coalition states and some other kingdoms and communities. That's that's because uh, government bodies don't want uh, smugglers or or hijackers or whatever to to hide their their uh, their military vehicles in the guise of, say, you know, a Red Cross van or something, you know, they, they don't or the equivalent, you know, they, they don't want that because it's bad. They're going to do bad things to their people. So they make it illegal. That's the way it is. So do not do not uh, walk into a CS territory or some other territories doing this. Medical skills. Let's look at entomological yeah. medicine. That's what I want to do. Yep. The unique specialization in insect biology and its applications to medicine and science. It is an uncommon skill, but does have applications on Rift's Earth with the alien insects beings like the Ixidics. Yeah, maggots. Ma maggot science. <laughs> In its simplest form, entomological medicine gives the scientist or doctor an in-depth understanding of insect biology, physiology, and more importantly, its chemical aspects. Now, you think, oh, this is this is not something I would take. You're right. Unless you're a CS military officer who who works in the northern part of the of the United States of the former United States. 
because that's where all these bugs are. I don't are. know. Every science fiction trope ever says you get attacked by demon space spiders or demon uh, uh, nasty looking bug creatures of some sort. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that, that's fair. That's fair. But as an example, during the coalition war, there was one general who had entomological medicine. He, he studied the, 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 uh, these, these exitic bugs specifically. And he was forced to retreat from the Federation of Magic north into Exitic territory. 80% of his force survived because he understood how they thought. He understood what set them off. He was able to go around the enemy through bug territory to flank the enemy at the right moment to destroy the, 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 the Federation of Magic City, the Tri-City of Tolkien or whatever. Uh, I forget the names of Tri-Cities, but he was able to do that because he had this skill. Now, is that a very specific yeah. example? <laughs> yes. Why is it here? Be probably because of that event. I can't think of another reason why this skill you'd want to take over something else that has more, much more utility. But the reason I wanted to look at it is because that in-game lore event happened. And it's because the general of that coalition army had this skill. And then we have military skills. We'll do one field armorer and munitions expert. That's going to be on page 315. There it is. Field armor and munitions expert. This is a somewhat simplistic and basic version of the weapons engineer as it applies to infantry weapons. The character can maintain, unjam, fix, modify, mount, reload ammunition, recharge eclipse, and figure out most small arms. The armor can repair all types of pistols and rifles, repair minor damage to body armor up to 20 MDC, which is a godsend. Adjust targeting sites, use repair optical enhancements, reload missiles, ammo drums. Okay, this guy is is your is your is your uh field field uh equipment medic basically if you are in the field for an extended period of time you need someone with this skill to help maintain all of your military equipment your apc breaks down he can fix it your your gun your your boom gun jams he can fix it uh it it, it uh you, you need help re uh, re reloading uh the the, the giant weapon on, on an apc he, he can help the person who has the skill because usually you need a skill in the weapon to be able to maintain it. This guy doesn't. If it's, if it's, if it's an infantry weapon, he can maintain it, whether he has the skill to use it or not, mm -hmm. he can maintain it. This so one's in, in um, after the bomb as well, if I remember correctly, as a, as a newer, I, I consider it a newer skill. Cause you know, I did mostly TMNT than after the bomb, but I thought I could have sworn I saw it there. You very well could have, but the, what I would argue as the most important ability of this skill is to repair up to 20 MDC in, in armor for your personal armor. The reason being is at a certain point of damage, depending on the armor, depending on whatnot, it loses its environmental protection quality. If you can repair 20 MDC of it, it is now fully sealed again. That's important in the field, more more so than and, the, and even just twenty MDC. Like some weapons, great. I get it. Some weapons do a lot. It's not going to protect you from a boom gun. 
but it'll protect you from a couple of shots from your average laser rifle. I mean, Wilkes with a four, four, seven or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a D four or two D four. So 20 MDC goes a long way. Goes a long way. So yes, the, this, this is something that if you have a larger group would definitely come in handy. And then we have physical skills. We're going to look at something that people usually don't take. Juggling. We're going to look at juggling. <laughs> what does juggling give you? We're going to find out. I, I suspected it gives physical prowess, but let's find out. The ability to toss up a number of objects such as balls, clubs, knives, lit torches, almost any small objects, and keep them continuous in the air with fast hand movements. It is used for the inter entertainment of others and to develop greater hand-eye coordination. Plus one to initiative. Now remember, in this game, initiative is gold. Plus one seems like not a lot. Plus one can really decide a battle. Yeah, but we've, but we've talked about that before. Initiative yeah. is one of the core things that you want to increase in this game as much yes. as possible. Yes. So juggling, I would have rather it give physical prowess. I really would have. But if it's initiative, I'll take it. Because physical prowess does not give initiative bonuses until after 32 or 33. So you're probably not going to have that. Pilot skills. We're not going to really go over pilot skills. These are, you you you, you pick a, a kind of vehicle and you learn how to pilot it. It's basically it. Uh, you, you can also maintain it and repair it for, you know, mo for regular wear and tear, but not actual damage. Like, oh no, there's a hole in the engine block. Well, no, you're going to have to take it in to have an actual actual mechanic look at it but uh periodic maintenance stuff like that you can do that that's fine I, I would have... like to look at look at anyone i don't care which one whether it's a technical skill or a medical skill or whatever but i want to look at any skill that has the two roles the one for a diagnosis and the one for treatment oh okay. easy easiest one to go to is medical but i think the the the, the mechanic skills have the same thing as well yeah, and we, we are coming up to that i believe oh, okay okay my bad, I didn't. Yep, give me the step up. on your toes there. That's all right. Uh, pilot related. That's uh, that's that's uh, navigation and firing weapon systems. Rogue skills. Uh, we will look at uh, gambling, dirty tricks. Not just gambling. Gambling is understanding the rules and understanding the odds of a particular game or a particular circumstance in a game. Fine. Completely fair. I respect it. Gambling, dirty tricks, different bag, man. Different bag. They this also the have different outcomes. Yes. This is the <laughs> other side of gambling in which the character is skilled at cheating in games of chance. This includes knowledge of dirty tricks such as counting cards. How do you? Okay. Number one, counting cards is not illegal anywhere. All right. Yeah, but a lot of people think it's uh, unethical. And if you get caught openly doing it. Well, if you get caught, they can ask you to leave but they can't arrest you or in take the old days you'd get shot that that was that was when the mob that 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 was so, when literal illegal people so ran you're saying that this is post-apocalyptic there's danger everywhere okay, fair enough fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. you uh, piss off the crazy cards. who's just having a flaky day <laughs> okay using trick loaded dice stacking the deck sleight of hand blah 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 uh uh you can hide cards up your sleeve or in the palm of your hand but if you do that you must also have the palming skill as a prerequisite Base skill, 20% plus 4% chance of per, per experience. Now, this allows you to win by cheating. If you succeed your role, 
if you don't succeed your role, you either don't win or you get caught cheating. Getting caught cheating means probably getting killed. And notice the oh, what is it? Yours? What's your saying though? If you ain't cheating, if you're not cheating, you're not winning. Oh, as you say, well, you said before, not even trying. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's life in general. All right, life in general is cheat when you can, because life doesn't care. There's no stigma on success. It's only when you get caught. Your paladin, folks. Gambling. He's your cyber knight. <laughs> yep. Gambling, dirty tricks. Look at the skill. Twenty plus four. You're probably going to get caught. So be be ready with the gun. It's a masochism skill. <laughs> okay, and I think we're coming up on science skills. Yeah, science skills. Uh, archaeology. Well, we'll look at archaeology because this is actually important if if you want to if you want to make money looking for pre-rift artifacts. Archaeology is important. This is a scientific study of relics from ancient civilizations by excavation and other means. Like the anthropologist, the archaeologist is one of the few who is well-versed in the legends and few facts about the time of man, the golden age of man and beyond and before. He's an expert in the identification of pre-rifts technology and man-made creations from books and clothing to vehicles and buildings. Uh, da, 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 da. He's also well-versed in their black market value and the CS laws that prohibit the possession, sale, and scavenging of ancient artifacts. Now, there are two skills oh, here. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yes. So the archaeologist is an illegal. Well, it it knowing it's not illegal, using it is. Mm. I mean, if if it's black market items, it's by definition illegal, right? So. Yeah, but if you're scavenging ancient artifacts, I mean, to the hey, hey, you you want to Indiana Jones them to a museum, I'm sure the CS is fine. But if you're trying to sell them for profit, that's black market. That's bad. All right, we have two skills here. Uh, base skill 30% or 20% plus five per level. The first percentage number applies to the character's historical and archaeological capabilities. The second is ability to recognize pre-riffs, ancient magic, and, and alien artifacts, as well as his ability to figure out the purpose of them through examination alone. Okay, so, so the first one is to do your job. The second yeah, one is to know it, what you picked yeah, up. Exactly. Okay. The first percentage is getting the items. The second percentage is properly identifying them for what they are. If you can't do both, you're going to have trouble selling them. And I, and I definitely wanted to, that's why I wanted to find a skill that had double percentages because yeah. that's how pretty much all of them work. Like in the doctoring, it's Diagnos identifying, yeah, diagnosing the, the sickness and then, and then treating, treating it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. For, for, for skills that have two different app to two different sides to them, they're going to have two different skill roles, depending on which one's easier and which one's harder. Mm -hmm. Then we'll move right. on to technical skills. We'll move on to cybernetics basic. It's in the bottom or is on the top. That's right there. You just passed it. There it is. You just there to stop. I, I'm zooming in. You're like right. two seconds behind me. <laughs> An understanding of the purpose, capabilities, and use of cybernetics and implants. Not military-grade bionics. Cybernetics and implants. Knowledge is sufficient to make minor adjustments and repairs to the mechanisms before they are implanted in a living being. Cannot perform surgery, implant, or remove cybernetics, but knows where they're located in the body and what they do and how they work. Could consult with a surgeon to remove them. Okay, here's the deal. There is a cyber doc has a special has his, has the cybernetic and bionic uh, ab ab ability to implant and take out cybernetics and bionics, right? That's what that that's his deal. 
Now, if someone has cybernetics basics, basic, they can team up with a surgeon to perform the task without minuses. That's what, that's what this is telling me. Could consult with a surgeon to remove them, to remove them, not implant them, but remove them without any minuses. Normally a surgeon trying to take out a cybernetic or bionic implant would do so at minuses because it's not his bag. But consulting with a cybernetics basic guy, and also your, your, your city rat who has cybernetics basic would be able to identify cybernetics and bionics and what they do, what they are, which means he can sell them for much more profit because he knows exactly what they're worth. So this is more of a behind the scenes type skill that comes in useful when you want to make bank. A, a lot of the skills I've looked at are, are ones that are not taken generally and are used in non-combat situations, but can make you a lot of money, which will in turn benefit the entire group in all situations, including combat. You just got to make sure that you have a game master that's not... Um... It's not a, a, a complete dick about it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to skip over the lore cattle. That's just <laughs> dumb. History pre-riffs that, that, that can actually help an archaeologist find stuff. Uh, lore fairies, mythology, philosophy, photography, recycling. I wanted, oh, I wanted to read this. Where, where is that under again? Uh, 325. 325, okay. There, there it is. This Recycle. is, again, if it's like after the bomb, this is a good one. Okay, let's find out. Recycling covers everything, but typically... Okay, we're going to move. Recycling typically includes paper, lumber, plastic, glass, scrap metal, electrical wiring, and components, circuit boards, and machine parts. This is not like the jury rig skill. A character with recycling cannot make something out of odd components, but given some time and equipment, he can strip down a damaged machine to its basic component parts or gather useful materials to repair an existing machine or build something new. Oh, okay. He has a very rudimentary understanding of metallurgy. Okay, so with this skill, if you have two broken generators and they are broken in different fashions, a recycler can take apart one, scrounge the useful components from that one to repair the other one. Yeah, I think this is different than the after the bomb version. Probably so. Probably so. And I did want to look at jury rig as well. And that's on page 324, bottom left-hand side. A character with this skill can repair almost anything and even build something out of scrap. There is no guarantee the jury rig will hold for very long, 46 hours or 2d4 days, whichever is most appropriate to the game master, not to you. Or it'll even work in the same way as is intended. Again, roll... Uh, a failed role means the system is only 50% functional, works half its normal speed or power level, but it may well save the character's life until they can acquire the proper parts, buy a new unit or get a skilled mechanic to do the job right. Okay, here's the deal. You're in the field. Your APC breaks down. The whole convoy is now stuck. You don't have a proper replacement part, but you got Jimmy. Jimmy's got the jury rig skill. Jimmy can say, oh, I can get that going with a new hose and three, and three zip ties. <laughs> How long is that going to last, Jimmy? Eh, it'll probably get us there. It's either allow Jimmy to do this or spend the night in the middle of nowhere. We're going to allow Jimmy to do this. So that's, again, a background skill. 
if I if I took an operator OCC, I would definitely take this. I would mm. definitely take the jury rig skill. Because you know, with when worse comes to worse, I want to get going. If it if it if it takes me MacGyvering some stuff together with bailing wires, zip ties, and gum, there it is. I'll do it. As long as it keeps us alive and keeps us moving. This it's is good. it's a great skill to incorporate if you don't have the right equipment to put yes. to truly fix something. If you don't have replacement parts, this skill is your backup. And it's a good deal. I like it. And what do we have left? We have weapon proficiencies. We're not going to go over that. Here, here's the deal. If you have a proficiency in a, in a weapon, you can use the weapon. You can maintain the weapon. You can do minor repairs. And when I say minor, I don't mean... I don't mean like clear manufacturing jam. parts. I mean yeah. replacing parts. Yeah. You have the spare part, you can replace it. That would repair the weapon if that part was the broken part. That's fine. You know, a lever action rifle breaks on you. You are you have a weapon proficiency in lever action rifle. You can re you can replace the uh, the firing pin. You can replace the hammer. You can re replace the breech. You can do these things. You can't repair it but you can replace it. Same thing for energy weapons. You can properly maintain them. You can charge their clips. You can replace parts that have worn out, all that stuff. Ancient weapons, you can properly oil, you know, leather. You, you can properly sharpen your sword. You can properly maintain the metal, all that stuff. There, there are two things I would like to point out for the weapon proficiencies, just because I think they're important to put out there. Okay. The the first one for the ancient weapons, uh, there I think it's actually written in here. Um, yeah, characters can use any weapon without the bonus. These bonuses are not the same as your hand to hand bonus. You get bonuses at different levels depending on what you take. So if you have yeah. blunt, you uh, get plus one to strike. So starting at level one, one three six nine twelve, you get plus one to strike. You get plus one to strike when thrown at five ten fifteen. So just note the bonuses that you get depending on. The weapon proficiency you take so to be fair you don't have to go i can't use a blunt weapon because i didn't take the weapon for no it just means you don't have the bonus and then for uh the modern ones you're aimed what's it called aimed burst aimed and what's shot called shot burst yeah you can't do that unless you have the weapon fishes you can aim and pull the trigger well not aim you can point it down range only because it's a game term you can point it down range and pull the trigger but you're not going to get the bonuses for it so I just wanted to put that out there. It doesn't stop you. I, I can never use an energy pistol with this thing. I don't know what it does. No. So. All right. All right. And uh, I've started a couple of things in chat about weapon fishies. We're going to get to later. But right now we're going to move on to wilderness 12 skills. 12 things start in chat. Yeah. Wow. Wilderness skills. Uh, which one are we going to look at? Fasting. That's what I want to look at. Fasting. Yeah, you want to look at fasting. Yeah. The ability to go for long periods of time without food. That's just not eating food. Not, not, not having food. That's so, so far I'm not impressed. So long as the character has sufficient water, so I'm impressed. He can easily survive having no food for two weeks without physical penalty. Okay, wow. here we are. Now you're impressed. Now I'm impressed <laughs> because usually after a couple of days, you start getting minuses to physical skills. You get minuses to your ability to uh, move, uh, how quickly you can move, how long you can move. So here we have two weeks without penalty. Every day after that, the character must roll under the fasting skill to avoid becoming weakened or sick. A failed roll means the following attribute penalties. Minus one to IQ, PS, PP, two, P, two to PE, minus three to speed, minus three to SDC. All are temporary and will return at the same rate they were lost with rest and proper food and water. 
The character can also go for two days without water and not show any serious effect from dehydration. Okay, I'm sold on it now. I'm sold on it now. Especially with now, that high percentage. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, though it's only plus three per level, but yeah, it starts at 40. 40. 40 is a good, a really good starting point. A really good starting point. You know what? I, I, I know this would be a house rule. It's not part of the game, but I just want to mention what might be kind of interesting is give the IQ bonus to the skill instead of based on IQ, based on ME. Uh, PE. I, well, it's mental. So it's mental well, I, toughness. I, I, all right, I, I would I would say more it's physical toughness, but I I understand where you come from. I understand where you come from. I do. So yeah, that that makes sense to me. All right. Anything else? I think that is it. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. So let's let's go over the chat. Yeah, we got a lot of them. Let me let me close out the book here. We can put us back right. on the screen there. Do that. I can slide this back over here, so I'm not always looking the other way. Okie dokie. Wow, twelve chats. What is this first one? Max sucks at barter. Yeah. I just don't like it. I think it, I don't like playing a game like that. Tell me how much something costs. Well, for Heathen Dog, because, you know, for whatever reason, he gets it at $50, but you, the good price of $100. No, fuck off. You just, you basically have decided to tell me that you scammed me out of 50 bucks. Yeah. This, is, this is what we were talking about on my Discord earlier. No, I don't play the haggle game. I, what does it cost? It costs, uh, you know, let's, so let's do what we were talking about. You're buying a new car. Oh, it costs $35,000, but you're going to sell it to her for 30000 Well, maybe we can make a deal. No, F you, you're trying to build me out of $5,000. I'm out. Have a nice day. Like, I just, that's why I bought a Saturn back in the 90s. No haggling. What the sticker price said, that's what you're going to pay. And I either said, yay, or nope, that's too high. You know, that's, I, I don't, F your haggling. <laughs> I hate it. Um, Squirrel Hermit says, there should definitely be a trucker OCC. Teams for OCC for, for cowboy skill. Okay. I can I see that. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. Because I if would, you have trucker and teamster OCCs, then then you have to have uh, unions. And yeah. this ain't no union <laughs> Well, to be fair, excuse me. I don't think that a trucker OCC would actually be all that good because this is a world of action cinema, right? Yeah. Like, but it, it wouldn't would, be cinematic, right? It, absolutely, unless you're doing uh, was it uh, smoking the bandit? But it would. Uh, other than that, it's just. But it's something that would be interesting just to kind of see. But if you've seen some of those OCCs out there, <laughs> let's close that out. And then we have you need to compare concealment and camouflage. Okay, here's it. Uh, camouflage is is concealing a person. Concealment is concealing an item. Okay, that's that's I'm sure there's more to it than that, but uh, that's basically it. I so mean, the big thing is so... you, you can read it, they, yeah. they are different, and you know, if uh, and uh, they each have their own application, but it didn't seem it didn't seem cool enough for me to go over today. And to be fair, our, our whole concept here is to just show the stuff to you, what yeah. to expect, get some ideas. Um, my big thing, and I don't blame Rifts for this or, or the Palladium system for this, but what my biggest change, the one that you might even say is more than just uh, a house rule, but a, but a homebrew, is I completely revamp the combat because of cover and concealment. I, I change how cover and concealment works for my after the bomb games. Okay. Open, uh, chop shop, some completely different risks. Fair, yeah, yeah. Fair. I mean, uh, the the best I can equate it to is Shadowrun. Yeah, so they they have Cyberdox and Shadowrun yep. too, and they basically do the same thing. 
Yep, they, chop they, shop's they, different they, there too, yeah. isn't? <laughs> yeah, they 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 run illegal body modification. That's it. I think kickboxing should be hand hand type. Well, you know what's great about that? You can do that, sir. By yeah. ninjas and super spies. Yeah, ninjas and super spies. <laughs> this book right here has uh has kick has all kinds of you want taekwondo, you want uh muay thai, you can get it. Also, TCG Joe says, uh, that's not how I read it. The laws against possessing pre-apocalypse items and prevent people from learning about past societies, in turn getting ideas about freedom and widespread literacy, etc., is very much within the wheelhouse of totalitarian governments. Yeah, I could see, I could see uh, and he does say in another comment later, whoops, yeah, yeah I kind of wrote that messed up, but uh, uh, I could see that, like, uh, you can only do sanctioned archaeology and anything you find must be put Go in a box the, yeah, and sent exactly. to us for in, our in people to look at. Shit to yeah. the coalition and they will either study it or burn it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That I'm, I'm sure that would be the only CS legal archeologist occupation, you know, to do. Uh, would archeology span help you understand how to work pre riffs tech? No, no. Archeology span help you identify what it is and its purpose. Not how, not how it functions. What it does. Yes. How it does it or how to do it. No weird guy in chat says new OCC for the rifter juicer trucker with crazy trucker as an alternate. <laughs> wow. You wouldn't, you would need to boost it. That would have to be one heck of a up, uh, up armored truck. That was a smoky in the bandit situation right there. She always says, aren't she? You aren't trying. Trying. Exactly right. Exactly right. Oops. Ah, hit the wrong button. button. Hold on. Well, well I guess like, whatever. Here we are. A character with recycling and jury rig is MacGyver. Yes, yeah. MacGyver spelled incorrectly, but yes, you are absolutely correct. Yes, if you have uh, if you have jury rig and recycling, and you're an operator or a rogue scientist, you can you you can call yourself Angus MacGyver. Um, no, that's okay, not what now. T TCG Joe is right. Uh, throw throw the next one up too. Okay. If if you, if you look at the Rift's Ultimate Book under weapon proficiencies it specifically says training in the use of weapon whereas in every other palladium book including the older riffs book it was use and maintenance wait, wait. it took that out because yes. actually because that's why when you said it i didn't argue or anything it, because it's yes. always been maintenance yeah. yeah and that is wrong this book is wrong kevin is wrong <laughs> fucking wrong i i hate this when you are taught to use a weapon, you are taught to maintain it. I'm sorry. It goes hand in hand with learning how to use it. Yeah, I mean. So wrong. The book is wrong. TCG Joe, you are technically correct, but you are also very wrong. <laughs> well, the one thing I want to caveat, because Heathen Dog's done this to me a lot of times. Well, that's not what the book says. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> You've done that to me a bunch of times. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but he says you're taught a separate skill to maintain. I think okay. it's just all part and parcel. Okay. I, if, I, if, if oh, no, 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 stop. Let's 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 put this to bed right now. Let's look at a man at arms OCC. Uh, not Leyland Rifter. That's not a man at arms OCC. Vagabond, suck it operator nope 
Yeah, but Marhawkman, what uh, we were talking about repairs were things like you can clear a jam. Oh, you can replace a barrel. I can do all of that. I didn't train yeah. myself differently. When the Air Force put me down with the M16, it showed me how to disassemble it, yeah. reassemble it. And if something was wrong, sure, I couldn't make the springs. I'd have to no, try no, to figure out how to order. No, you make the springs. But you, 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 you couldn't but I could repair put them a crack, in. but you can replace a component. Yeah. The dust cover wasn't working properly. I can, you know, I can fix that, you know, things like that. So it depends. Yeah. Now, could I, if a barrel bent or something like that, or if, you know, it got, it got a hole in it, could I fix it? Well, uh, probably not. So it depends. I guess it depends to what level you take, what it means for maintenance, but it's a game. It's, it's, it, that's the way I see it. It's a game. I don't want to get into that nuance. I, I used to do that, but in modern yeah. games, I would rather just say, Hey, you've got the weapon. If you got a weapon proficiency, you know, the basics of, uh, you know, you might not know how to machine it, but you know how to fix it. Okay. Let's, let's look at, uh, OCC uh, skills for the headhunter. I have to bring the uh, game back up. You don't have to do it. I'm just going to read it out. Okay. Uh, weapon proficiency, five of choice, but at least three modern energy weapons, hand to hand expert, but we can change the martial arts OCC related skills. Uh, you get four, and what's weapon proficiency? Any. Okay, that means do you have to take? Is if uh, if there is a skill under weapon proficiency that is uh, repair, uh, maintenance and repair. So what, what, while you're looking that up, the the main thing that I just want to put out there for folks is this is a game. It's a game of cinematic. Um, you know, you, you, I would just assume that somebody in a high-powered game like Rifts would be able to ba do basic repairs on his weapon. That that's just my take. If it's wrong, well, it's, I still play it that way. <laughs> All right. So, looking at the skill list, looking under weapon proficiencies. Uh, under the weapon proficiencies ancient there is no weapon maintenance skill under the weapon proficiencies modern there is no maintenance skill can he Let's take see. that skill that says uh, what was the one that we read off before not the weapon systems because that's for big guns uh, what was the one that you that we just looked at infantry a few minutes ago? the infantry one yeah, yeah. the uh can he take that skill as a as a um occ related uh or what, was it, what was it called again i don't remember <laughs> i forget too uh how about this folks go ahead and put that into chat can the headhunter take that skill whatever it was we looked at like 20 minutes ago <laughs> as far as what that's the name of that skill is uh and uh let us know and how about this how do you rule it at your table obviously we might not agree with everything in the book you know what's really cool is kevin even has said himself who cares you yeah. don't agree with everything in the book change it for your table well weapons Weapons engineer would definitely do it, but that's not the one we saw. Yeah, that, that's the big one. That we would. Yeah, that's you, the big one. This one was uh, maintenance for oh, field armor. Field armor. That's right. Field armor. Let's 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 see. Let's see if he has access to that. It's he doesn't have it as a as a OCC skill. So let's see if he has access to it as a related skill. Field armor and munitions expert. And then we got to move on. The segments long. Yeah, segments long. We got to move on after this. We're just gonna see. Rogue scientist. I should have gotten the number, but I'm dumb. Here we go. Glitter boy. No. Headhunter. There we are. And it's under military. So if you can have any military skill or something like that, then okay. that would fall in. So let's see here. Uh, 
mm, weapon systems. Nope, that's that's not for hand. It's not. Yeah, for that's the big one. Weapons. That's those big ones. Uh, military any plus fifteen percent. Okay. OCC related. So there you go. So then he can choose to take it. He I can guess. take infantry, infantry and maintenance, but he cannot take uh, weapons engineer. That's fine. That kind of makes sense. The, uh, he has recognized weapon quality as an OCC skill, but no, no maintenance. Except so for that he can take military any related skill to maintain your weapon, even if you're proficient in it. Bullshit. Kevin, you're wrong. <laughs> you you built the you built it wrong. You actually had a skill right and then broke it. I wonder if so he got people try, talking try about it or something. That. I don't know. Fix that if you can. There, there's uh, going to be another edition of this book. Errata this. As far wrong. as like, I personally don't care. I don't have a problem with this. My except for maybe two two little quibbles. One being for a game that's supposed to be cinematic. Yeah, I think just having it. But in the way it is, like I said, like you said, in all the other books, well, if you've got the weapon proficiency, you also know how to maintain and clean it, basic repairs, so on and so forth. I just think for, for a game, that just makes sense. Yes. I, we don't need to parse it. At the same time, at the same time, you want to make this skill useful, though. Then just make sure it's out there. I would throw that into like every man-at-arms OCC. Yeah, you you would get field field armor in every single Man-at-Arms OCC because it's that important. You know, maintaining your weapons as a, as a Man-at-Arms OCC is vital. That's your life. Maintaining your armor is your life. It should be an OCC skill. Not related, not secondary, an OCC skill. But they don't get it, which means the book is wrong. Yeah, I, I don't like the change. I'll, I'll, I agree no. with you that I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say it's wrong. I just don't like the change. But yeah, no, it's it's a bad move. It's 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 a move. It's a move backward. It's not a move forward. So yeah, but those you know are those you can are play how you uh, want. skill list and examples thereof. Now remember, we purposely I purposely decided on examples that people don't normally take, but I think can be useful. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good because we don't want to show the same examples every time we cover a Palladium game. Exactly. Yes. So make sure to like, subscribe, and share. And if you have any questions, any concerns, any comments, please throw them in the comments below. If you're watching this after the fact on Memorex, or if you're in if you're in chat, just like TCG Joe said about the about the uh, weapon proficiencies, throw them in the chat, and we'll see what happens. Talking oh, about great. comments. Speaking of, all right. Comments from last week. We all, like I said, we picked three. As long as there are enough comments out there for me to pick three, and there were this time, talking about Rift's ultimate occupational character classes. And I just want to, just based on what Heathen Dog was saying, just want to remind everybody: your table, your rules. Heathen Dog doesn't like this change. He's not going to utilize it. Nope. You know that's fine. Your table, your rules. Just make sure everybody knows going forward what it means. And remember, when I when I said you're wrong, I was speaking to the writer of the book, not any specific <laughs> game master who's using it. <laughs> Great, they're never going to come back to talk to us now. <laughs> no, they're they're look. Kevin slapped somebody. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's awesome. I'll tell you, that's he opened awesome. Himself to a lawsuit on his own property. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, even Patrick was like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> All right. So, what do we have? First one. Keith Hunt says. Now he had a couple of comments that were good, but I picked this one. Okay. Um, the Rifts novel have become several coalition game. Oh my God. You want reading. me to read it? You have trouble. Yeah, reading. because apparently I don't know how to read. The Rifts novel has 
have see, Bob. I, you did it you did it the riffs novel have several coalition engagements against the an enemy glitter boy it is badass that boom gun is absolutely staggering the writer did an excellent job describing the action scenes lots of samus and enforcer giant robot combat versus said glitter boy yes glitter boy combat is badass the reason being is because glitter boys power badass power are twice as good as any other power armor pound for pound twice as good at least as any other power armor the one advantage you have when you're fighting a glitter boy if you're in some sort of robot flying armor if, or whatever is you can run away they fly they yeah, can you can run away fast. you can get out you know get in get out strafing runs that's basically guerrilla warfare against the glitter boy is your best option chicken billion cube who is a member if you can see by his couple little sergeant stripes there chevron uh well, okay, fine. Be all pedantic. God, you're turning into chat now. <laughs> I like the Palladium stuff a lot. So seeing some in-depth videos on supplements into the New Year's is fine by me. Well, guess what? That's what's happening. That's what's happening. It's not going to be Year of Palladium Books, but we're no. going to continue the Year of Palladium Books into 2023, but it'll be for segment two. I'm not making any yeah. big announcements or anything like that yet because, you know what, members get to stew on some things for a little bit and maybe suggest some tweaks and changes to us before we solidify anything. But, yes, Heathen Dog's already announced that uh, that he's going to start talking about some source books and uh, dimension books and world books and whatever other books are out there for riffs as we continue on into 2023. Well, at the same time, we are going to cover other games. Mm -hmm. And finally, enjoyed the Nightbane series and the others a lot. Cool. And, th and this is continuing the great run in depth about the world. And now the OCCs are great. And yes, Elemental Fusionist was a dumb idea. Thank you. I don't need your validation, Angel G, but I appreciate it. Well, it's it's good, you know. I think more people need to step up because you should have seen the comments. We had a bunch of comments, but yeah, the cowboy category is stupid. What the? Oh, what was going on there? Yeah, <laughs> like we got a bunch of comments on that. Real dumb. Yeah. So, but hey, yeah, and see, look at TCG Joe. I hate the fusionist myself. Yeah, is the most yeah. people. Yeah, you look at the elemental fusionist, and you're like, what the? What were you thinking? It's like it's like half its powers for SDC, and that's it, or something. I forget. We we covered it a couple it, years yeah, ago. I, I covered it years ago on yeah. the on the uh legion RPG, no it was rpg digest one of the first really? ones you and i covered for riffs back oh. at like episode six or eight or something oh, like okay. that yeah but All if you right. consider 50 approximately 50 a year and we're on 112 yeah i mean that was that long yeah. ago so all right so those are our comments thank you very much for the comments be sure to like subscribe share as uh, as heathen dog was saying before i forgot to put that back up but anyway like subscribe share and i think that is going to be it for segment one today And uh, yeah, stop sharing. All right. Anything you need to do before we go into segment two? I got to get more soda and use a human doctor. All right. All right, everybody. And that's one of the things about, uh, you know, about us providing this information. Uh, there is no such thing as a perfect game. No such thing as a perfect game. I find house rules for every game I play. Not because I want to find house rules, but as I'm playing, I find that I want something to work differently, or I don't like an aspect, or the players don't like an aspect, and you know, so forth. So the fact that Kevin made the change, I don't know why that change was made. I'm sure there is a reason, but the fact that he made that change doesn't hit me in the feels as much. Yeah, I just said that. Oh, uh, like, is it uh, did Heathen Dog? But at the same time, I agree with Heathen Dog on that one. I, I, it's not a change that uh, I'm particularly fond of. So Kerps is a perfect game. Uh, great. You are now going to get my chat hating you. Why do you guys do these things? 
Uh, elemental fusionist would be good for a rifter magazine maybe there are aspects of the elemental fusionist i like but then it's like it didn't carry him through i'm like well what is the point of this thing like i i remember saying those things like i'd rather play a druid or something i don't remember what i was saying but uh yeah um brian chill streams gonna be short at rpg digest this week maybe maybe and heathen dog's gonna bail too he's not even gonna stay for the whole thing Children the place glitter boys are immobile, cannot defend their. Oh, so let me put that on the screen because man, I was saying something like that. Was it last week, week before, whatever it was? Boy, did people go crazy on that. The modern glitter boys don't need to do that or something, but I think it's because they don't have a boom gun, uh, they use other uh weaponry, but yeah, yep. Once you're stuck into place, you are no longer a moving target, but uh. Yeah, right, TC, uh, G. Joe. Uh, I don't know anybody who does everything completely raw. Now, some games it's easier. A game like uh, like the Free League games, pretty easy to play raw because the rules are more of a framework. And while there are aspects that say do this, do that, do the next thing, you know, it's... I mean, there isn't a lot to change, let's put it that way. But even there, I do change a couple of things, especially with Forbidden Lands. I do not play with the cards. Now, somebody could argue... Well, that screws over the warrior because you're like from the three talents he gets to choose from. Now you're taking one away. Yeah, I kind of am. But I don't want to get into that more nuanced combat. I want it to just keep flowing. And that's why they call basic combat and advanced combat. I use the basic. I just don't want to deal with cards in my game. It's one of my issues with Savage Worlds. I don't like cards in my game. Role-playing games are about dice. I'm not going to play Jenga. That is a real thing. You can look it up. In order to uh, play an RPG, I'm going to roll dice. If there's some, you know, if you want to have some tokens or beans or whatever to count hit points or or heroic points or whatever, that doesn't bother me too much. That's fine. That's just a methodology of counting things. Hell, I don't care if you use them for hit points. You know, that's that's on you and your character sheet. But randomness, randomness is going to come from dice. That is where it ends for me. I think Glitter Boy issue is size. It can't be 11 feet tall and fit a man the same. Huh? Is it a have, I thought they, I thought they have pictures on how it works. They, they have pictures on how it looks when it when it's opened up. Uh, yeah, I thought no, Glitter Boy your, weren't your that big. Though. Don't go all the way down. They they go to uh, to handholds with uh, you know so you can manipulate fingers and go like this and move arms and at joints that you can't reach. Same thing for the legs. But uh, I I just I just saw saw my wife try and walk up the stairs, uh-huh. and if if she wasn't my wife, I would have laughed. You still because secretly laughed a little bit. I okay, I, not out loud. All right, but uh, it, it it took her twenty seconds to go up five steps. Well, well, she's not feeling well. I get that. So, so I'm gonna have to go to the store right now to get her stuff, and get her in a bath or something, something else. So I'm gonna have to jump off now. I'm sorry. This isn't gonna work without you. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I get it. No, I, 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 I get it. Watching. Uh, but this this has to this has to happen. Okay. So we'll have I'll a good one. Wish her well. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna try again to to do Magic the Gathering free to play only, bronze to wherever I can get to before the season resets starting this week. So hopefully cool. hopefully that'll happen. So talk to you. All right, take care. Thank you. All right. Well then, um, hmm. There are certain aspects of segment two I really 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 needed him here for because I know it was gonna uh it's gonna hit a nerve with him. So maybe, maybe we don't cover segment two today. Are you guys good with that? Karen Dog Rage quit before. 
Are you are you guys good with that? Uh, maybe ending it now, or do you really feel that you just have to have your segment too? I'm telling you, you're you're going to. It's going to be a little lackluster without uh, Heathen Dog, though. I can do it. Don't get me wrong. It's not the topic that's the problem. It's the reaction that uh, that we need. So let me know what you guys think. We have two articles here. Ten things no DM should ever do, and then another one. Dungeon Master, uh, basically three things Dungeon Master should do. Wait 16 minutes. 16. <laughs> What's that? That's 16 minutes to get to 3.30 mark, my time. Uh, oh, GM James got a stream then. Let it ride. Your site, your call. Well, I mean, you guys are chat, so I just want to know if you guys feel flamboozled by this, but uh, all right. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You know, you guys in chat like to post enough stuff to keep this stuff going. I guess we'll do it. I guess we'll do it. So, let me present. Oh, no, no. Let me slide this over here. That there. Oh, I need to bring the other one over, too. Do it. Plus, we have comments from last week to read, also. Yeah. Well, why can't I find my stream yard now? Am I still streaming? Am I still streaming? There I am. It's you up there, so I've got a comment or two. I'm not going to be uh, on comments as well as normal, but uh, I will try to hit the ones that I can. And... All right, for segment two, Ethan Dog bailed in the middle of the segment, so it is just me. And you're going to miss some of his fun commentary on, well, I know it would have been fun because some of these would have been triggering to him. Maybe he'll come back. No, he won't be back. Uh, but uh, let's check out uh, Dungeon Master Advice. So we've got 13 ideas across two articles here to improve your game. Why did I word it that way? Because I don't agree with all the advice that's going to be presented in these articles. I do agree with some of it, though. So let's see what it says. Oh yeah, our disclaimer that people like to make videos about. Please keep making videos about it. And because I'm factually correct, no matter what you might think, proof is in the pudding. Go check out the sources. I am factually correct. You can check out links to our social media, Discord, get our merchandise, donate to our charity, and check out our alternative media in the description below and of course every thursday and saturday heathen dog and is a team of amazing heroes <laughs> i said heroes play on twitch.tv slash legion of myth for you that is right they play video games right now they're playing dungeons and dragons online but they've played a ton of other games co-op you know for your enjoyment and then on sundays and fridays well today's sunday guess what you're watching if you're not watching it live guess what you could be watching rpg digest that is correct and we have the friday night chill stream on Fridays. You can see the times there. Okay. Percent. Share screen. No, I'm going to do it this way because then I don't have to bounce between them. All right. Let's zoom in. We'll do the 10 things first, apparently, because that's what's on the screen first there. It's F11, this bad boy. There we go. 10 things. 10 things. No DM should ever do. Written by Jared King. There we go. What is this first issue? DM in Dungeons and Drag Queens specific? 
games. Wow. Okay, what, what is this person? Uh, game of D&D, blah, blah. Let's just start right here. Ten ten. Take on a DM versus player mentality. I dang you think that should be number one. I don't even know what he has to say about it, but I, as far as this little title goes, I agree. And I think at some point in our gaming careers, as we're learning how to be better game masters, dungeon masters, I think that, uh, I think we've all done this at some point or another. I know I have. Try not to anymore. Actually, I don't think I do it anymore, but I know when I was younger, I did. So let's see. Addict's Core Dungeons & Dragons is a cooperative game played between friends. It is possible to develop a competitive or even antagonistic mindset in the heat of combat or when a DM's carefully laid plans suddenly go awry due to the players. Yeah. yeah. It's incredibly important that Dungeon Masters avoid this and recognize that type of thinking when it starts to develop. Nothing will ruin a campaign faster than conflict between players and the Dungeon Master rather than between the characters and the world around them. I generally agree with that premise. Like I said, I think it should be higher on the list than 10, but maybe these aren't in order specifically. So uh, what are your comments on that? Go ahead and throw that. Of course, you know, you know the guys know the deal. Like, subscribe, and share. If you've got any comments on any one of these, uh, let me know in chat. Okay. Nine of 10. This is one of those where I think Heathen Dog would, uh, just on the title alone, would take an opposite opinion of this one. But let's check out. Be afraid to ask the player's opinion on situations. <laughs> By themselves, everything says GM versus player is the core of Hackmaster. Okay. All right. There is a perception that the Dungeon Master is the unquestioned arbiter of everything within the game. Well, that is true. That's actually a factual statement. It's not a perception. That is the truth. But this is not always the case at a bad table, nor should it be if you like bad tables. Okay. So. Yes, the Dungeon Master is the unquestioned arbiter. That doesn't mean the Dungeon Master can't ever be wrong in terms of like, okay, I wanna, uh, you're going to get a plus two for this. Well, the rules say plus three. Now, if the Dungeon Master says, yeah, but in my world or in my game or in this situation, it's still plus two, well, then it's plus two. If he misremembered and said, oh, crap, you're right, that's plus three. All right, that, that's fine. But ultimately, if the Dungeon Master still says, no, I said it's plus two and that's what it's going to be, that is the rule. Dungeon Master's game, Dungeon Master's world. The most cohesive Dungeons & Dragons groups are the ones that work together to build the game. The Dungeon Master provides the, the scenarios. The Dungeon Master provides the world building, the characters or actors within it. Mm, I have to see where this is going. That's pretty vague, though. That's the problem. Is That's vague because that be, could be taken a couple of ways, and you guys in chat could say, no, 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 that's good because of this and bad because of that. Yeah, I can, I can see it going, going both ways on that one. Dungeon Masters shouldn't be afraid to ask the group's opinion on how to rule in certain situations. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Dungeon Masters have to have confidence. Dungeon Masters are the authority at the table. Just be fair. If you give a certain penalty or certain bonus to a player character, you need to do it to the monsters as well. If you do it to this player character, you need to do it for that player character. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to put that on the screen because it's absolutely true. Max is trying to enforce GM has more rights than players. It's not rights. The players have the right to leave if they don't like how the game's going. And yes, I have left the table of bad Game Masters before. And if this gate keeps you from the table thinking that you as a player, and I'm not talking L, I'm talking 
generalized you as a player have more rights than the game master in the world you're wrong leave the table leave the hobby so uh, dungeon masters shouldn't be afraid to ask groups opinions on how to rule in certain situations especially considering players are often directly affected by those decisions no the players aren't directly affected get it right the characters are affected there is a difference and if you don't see the difference or if you're like oh it's the same thing no it's not because in this day and age of representation and other bullshit like that no players and characters are different why because i will happily kill a character i'm not going to kill a player or am i Oh, we got GM is there to play with the players, not against it. Yeah, well, I, I say the GM is there to provide challenges for the players. Reasonable challenges, but challenges for the players. And yeah, the GM, as a GM, I cheer on when the characters have success because that's progressing everything I want to progress anyway. That's moving timelines forward. That's moving the world forward. That's giving them items, heroism. But those defeats, knowing that those defeats can be there and knowing that things can happen to trip them up is also part of the experience of it. Uh, now, TCG Joe put something in chat that I don't want to bring up right now in case this guy covers it. Oh, screw it. I'm going to. It's uh, right here. Asking for feedback about having fun is good. Asking for how you should make a rule is bad. I agree with that. At the end of all of my sessions, I always ask what, you know, while I'm handing out experience points and people are putting away books and, you know, we're getting coming down from, you know, whatever just happened, whatever's combat, whatever. It's like, all right, guys, what do you think? Uh, what was good today? What was bad today? Well, what did you guys enjoy? What do you wish I didn't do? Again, doesn't mean I'm going to take it out of the game, but it will help me going forward as what it is that. You know, maybe they love some, maybe they love combat, but the way I was running it today sucked. Maybe they want more combat. You, you see what I'm saying? Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't like the interaction we had with a certain NPC. I thought that you're too heavy handed with it or something. I'll be like, well, there are things you don't know. Or, yeah, you know, I kind of felt that as well. I, I, don't, I don't know why. You know, whatever. It's okay to ask those questions after the fact to keep the players engaged at the table. And if Heathen Dog says he doesn't do that, that's BS. He actually does do that to some degree, just not as, to the same degree I... Uh, that I do it. So, but uh, he he just does it in a in a different, more subtle methodology. Let's put it that way. But anyway, yeah, no, DMs are the unquestioned arbiter at the table. Let's move on. Railroad players are take away their agency. Now, again, some of this has to do with the type of table that you're playing on. Some of this has to do with the type of game you're expecting. Heathen Dog runs a much, much, much more railroady game than me. But I can tell you, somebody who's played in his games, they're still fun. Okay, like he says, he gives you the illusion of choice. My games are more sandbox. Now, I say more sandboxy, not pure sandbox. Even sandboxes have to have walls to keep the sand in place. But... I allow more things than he would, but the only thing I put the kibosh on is player versus player combat. I will stop that. I absolutely will stop it. I, I'm not a teenager anymore. I don't want that nonsense. If a couple of characters can't get along, somebody's making, they either have to figure it out or somebody's making a new character. I don't mean like they just, they have this, you know, banter or this little antithesis, say like Sturm and Raceland and Dragonlance or like uh, uh, Legolas and I forget the dwarf's name, Gimli, whatever the fuck, Gimli in uh, um, Lord of the Rings or whatever. 
I'm talking like as in this stuff is coming to a head where swords are being drawn constantly at people's throats or some nonsense like that. Nope. But uh, uh, so let's see what this says, though. All right. Many dungeon masters get into D&D through the love of storytelling. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with storytelling in a game as long as you're not writing a novel, uh, you know, for your characters at the table. If the play, look at Dragonlance. Look at, oh, what's that anime again? Um, oh my god, I, I can see Deedlet. Um, god, Parn. I, I can name the characters. I can't name the stupid anime right now. Lotus War. Record of Lotus War. If, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, if, uh, you know, you can have a story emerge from it, as people have said on this channel before, emergent storytelling is absolutely fantastic. That's why I play. Not pre-planned storytelling. There's a difference there. But many Dungeon Masters get into D&D through the love of storytelling, and the game is one of the best ways to express that creativity. A good DM must remember that he's not the only one telling a story. Yes. Bad. Oh. Nope. This article is wrong. And are just one part of the group's creative endeavor. No. The Dungeon Master is sets up the world. How you as the player, or on December 2nd, how I as the player react to that world and act within that world is my part in that story. You're a part, like an actor, just without a script. I used to say that until the word story just got people so buttered all the time. I used to tell people that you're an actor without a script. We don't know where this is going to go. We don't know what's going to happen. But you're, you're an actor without a script. Also, I don't necessarily think that you have to act. I don't think it has to be LARPing. So, you know, again, everybody takes that to weird, pedantic directions. But now I just say it's, it's emergent storytelling. You are on this world that I'm developing. I'm going to have things happen based on the choices you make. And that's what creates the story. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Sorry, I'm not putting all the chat up here. It's just I've got my three monitors going. I have to read everything everywhere. So taking away player agency in order to tell a story the Dungeon Master wants is one of the fastest way to make the group dissatisfied with the way the campaign is going. Again, it depends on what that means. That's such a vague statement. I saw somebody, or I've heard of people quitting a game because the character was charmed. Well, you know, charm is a spell in the game. If you're going to use it on the monsters, I'm going to use it on you. Well, it's not fun to be held and be taken out of the fight. Well, then don't do it to the monsters. Should we just pull that spell completely out of the game? You can't use it either. If you can use it on the monsters, I can use it on you. Now, if you're talking, going in there and say, no, your character wouldn't do that, well, then I have a problem with that. I might say something like, explain why you're doing this thing that's totally out of character. Just because I want to kind of understand what's happening here. But if you do something dumb, hell, some of the best adventures that we had were when people did something crazy and I could just close my notes and say, okay, this is what's going on now. Uh, you know, so I, I have to know more specifics about what this person means by the player agency in this case, because sometimes taking away might actually be the appropriate way to do it. But most of the time, almost all the time, I'd say no. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons is a game where decisions should matter. Yep. And the ability to improvise a story together will tell a far greater tale than trying to force a plot to go a particular way. Using that as the connotation, yes, I, I agree with the writer in this one. Uh, speaking of charm spells, I've seen so many arguments for enchantment spells to be removed from the game entirely because people find it too our word because men usually use the spell. Whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's lame. No, 
they're they're in the game for a reason. I've seen women use charm spells without even using charm spells just because the people at the table were enamored with the player. Just saying. It works both ways with regard to that. Uh, Twitter gets angry with me when I extol the virtues of the monsters know what they're doing because monsters tactics made the game unfun. Oh my god, Crafty. That's one of the best books, other than pronoun usage, that's one of the best books written. The monsters know what they're doing. I, even though that's a 5e book, even though it's a 5e book, I still use it as reference for my 2e games. Yes, it is a fantastic book, even if you don't use exactly how it's written in here, to get your brain thinking like the creature. Remember, they've evolved to, to exist on this planet somehow. They're not just going to be, derp, 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 attack me. I mean, I suppose skeletons might. Yeah, this one, I, I'm going to grudgingly agree with them on this one simply because this last sentence. All right. Take away players' belongings for plot hooks. Yeah, Kev, Kevin, you're actually right. I'm going to put that one on the screen. D&D &D is not a democracy. That was a good comment up above there. Where is this? I'm putting this one on the screen. Reality is something is to the weak-minded. Yeah, if you see that video when people were trying to blast us, like, you know, it's a game, right? Yeah, it's a game based in reality. Just because, you know, here's the funny thing, and, and Grim Jim calls it hyper-realism. I don't like the term hyper-realism. This is a personal thing. I'm not saying it's the wrong term. I don't like it. Hyper-realism implies that you're being super-realistic. You're at oh, physics. But I get what he's trying to say. It's hyper-realism, okay? It's an idea that we can envision a world that has dragons and fireballs, but still has the verisimilitude of normal people and how they would react in it. You can combine the two. It's the same. <laughs> Sorry, TCG Joe, I just... <laughs> Blame Heathen Duck. No, um... I... I have far fewer, far less control over this Twitch channel than I do the actual Legion of Myth Twitch channel. It's weird. Um, anything else in there I want to quickly get out? No, let's move on here. You guys, I, I'm sorry I'm not reading chat as much as normal, but, you know, I'm one person now, but uh, I am paying attention to it. And for those who watch later, chat's moving and having you know, talking about this stuff. You should check it out. It'll be saved. All right. Uh... Take with players' belongings for plot hooks. Let's see where he goes here. Uh, off the cuff, I agree with him on this one, and I've got some stories about that, but most adventures involve some combination of dangerous encounters. A boss, the chance to level up, and some of that classic D&D loot. Getting said loot can be very important to the players, as this is a tangible reward for the risk their characters took in-game. Agree 100%. Right now, I'm selling what you're putting down. Occasionally, Dungeon Master may be tempted to fashion a plotline involving one of the player's items being stolen from them. I shouldn't have said them there, but oh well. Perhaps with some sort of mystery or detective work needed to get it back. This kind of plotline is best avoided. However, oh, okay, sorry. Read that right. This kind of plotline is best avoided, however, as it can be very irritating to the players who lose an item that may be important to them. Should the need arise, there are far better ways to initiate such a storyline. Um, I, I say this is one of those tropes he used very minimally. It's not necessarily a bad trope just because he used it, but it should be used minimally. Where, where I run into situations is I get irked at the dungeon master who kills every horse. 
Whoop, die. You killed your horse again. Ha, 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 ha. No, it's not fun. Well, you should have taken care of him. Dude, if I have to spend more time trying to figure out how I'm going to park my freaking horse, fuck is the point of even having him? Stop being a dick. I get it. On occasion, you have to do things like, um, hmm, maybe this isn't the safest place just to leave it out in the wilderness or slap it on the ass and hope it comes back or something. You know, there are dragons around here. There are things that are good that would eat horses, you know, Atiugs, whatever. Well, that's a dungeon creature, but you get it. Anyway. Okay. But to just have have us spend an hour trying to figure out where we're going to put our mounts, taking up that kind of aspect of the game, no, that's just that's just a dick move. Stop it. Uh, now, as far as magic items go or something, I don't really run into this problem a lot because I keep characters poor. If I run a module and you know the module, you probably, when you get the treasure, you're going to be like, where's this and where's that, where's it? Because I've taken all that crap out. I keep characters somewhat, I wouldn't call them underpowered, but I don't overpower characters. Nope. You're going to treasure everything that you get. You're going to find that plus one sword at level three, level four, and you're going to enjoy it. But by then I should have at least a plus three. Not in my game, you're not. So I don't really run into this a lot. On the flip side, I will use this trope if I, if something slipped through there, like, uh-oh. Somehow this person has a an orb of annihilation at level three i don't know how the hell that happened that should never have happened <laughs> like you know again that's not gonna happen in my game but you get what i'm saying like i gotta get rid of that somehow so yeah i mean as a trope it's not necessarily by itself on a onesies and twosies you know throughout an entire campaign problem but yeah if this is something you do constantly All right, TCG Joe, you have a good one, man. Uh, let's see. Always consult a book when I'm playing Adventure Encounters. Refresh memory. Depends on the item. Artifact is big, bad. Is also looking for. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. It might actually be two sides are trying to get that item. If you own the item, you're trying to take it to the mountain to throw it into the volcano so that it can be melted and for and never more harm anybody. Where somebody else is like, I need to get my hands on that thing. And all of a sudden, they get it. Now you have to get it back. Otherwise, it's going to be used for evil. You know, things like that. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. I could see that. <laughs> adventure hook. All the horses in the area are being killed. Twist! It's a former adventure who went crazy after all his horses ended up dead uh, when he came back. There you <laughs> yes. Uh, I've destroyed OP gear. It's a smart thing to do if an enemy wants to live. A glitter boy is 700 MDC, but the boom gun is only 175 MDC. There you go, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Sullivan says, sometimes, uh, I disagree, sometimes the item needs to be stolen because the PC didn't know what he had. Uh, you find fancy lamp. Oh yeah, you find the fancy lamp you like has been stolen. That's weird, why do you just take my light? I don't know, how many times did you rub it? Um, anyway, yeah, it's not it's not bad just in of itself as a trope, but absolutely this is one of those things that can be uh, used excessively, can go too far. Let's just put it that way. Go grenade down the barrel of an eighty-eight. Yeah. All right, six to ten. Try to memorize every rule. Now there are two schools of thought on this. 
There is a school of thought that says the opposite needs to be true, that the dungeon master needs to be a master of the game. Now, here's the funny thing. Being a master of the game doesn't necessarily mean being a master of the rules. But there are folks I know who will be like, the dungeon master should know the rules better than the players. I disagree with you. Depending on the game. D-Genesis, for example, comes flat out and tells the players, hey, there's no chance in hell that the dungeon master is going to remember everything about all these different character classes or tribes, whatever they're called in that game. Um, it's just not possible. So you have to be accurate and honest with your character. And if you ever read D-Genesis, that book is meaty when it comes to verbs. <laughs> well, verbiage, I should say. Every word matters. It's just one of those type of games. It's a thick book. Actually, it's two thick books. And everything you read matters. Even the fluff. Just because of how it's set up. So, yeah, there is no chance that the Dungeon Master is going to remember everything. But, you know, now let's see what it says here. Well, the Dungeon Master is, in the end, the final decision maker. Did you just say a moment ago? He's not, oh, whatever. When it comes to D&D rules, the sheer amount of content for the game means it's practically impossible for one single person to know every rule that has been created for it. I generally agree with that, but you can also save yourself some heartache by just using the player's handbook. I think, what is it, Craft, you say the player's handbook plus one or something like that? Dungeon Masters should not attempt to memorize these rules. Mm, let's see what, it go, what he goes on with you before I counter that. Instead, working with the group when unexpected rulings need to be made or consulted one of the many online D&D resources. No, nope, 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 nope. 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 Why? Because if you're taking the time to look it up on other resources, you're not playing the game. Dungeon Masters, make a ruling. If you're wrong, deal with it after the game. Make a ruling. Don't look it up. Or if you can look it up, look it up real quick. Let's say it's an old school game and uh, you got a chart. Oh, crap. What does the chart on page 101 say? Oh, that's a saving throw chart, second edition AD&D. And you look down and like, okay, it's a 15 or better roll. Right? Okay, that, that's, that's fine. But if you're like, okay, what does it say about how to, how to calculate Thacko again? Um, what does it say here for positioning? Is it plus four? Just make a ruling. Uh, I'm going to give you a plus three. Well, the book says plus four. Okay, well, you haven't rolled yet. Make it plus four. Go. Um, you know, but hold on. I don't think that's right. Let me go look it out. L look it up. No. no. I said it's plus three. F you. Roll the dice. D well, uh, let me go to D&D, &D, whatever the hell it is. Uh, guilds. No, it's Judges Guild. D&D &D Beyond. Blah, blah, blah. Hold on. Let me scroll. Let me click. No. F all that. Make a ruling and move on. Make a ruling and move on. Gameplay mechanics don't slow down games. Initiative does not slow down a game because it is still a game. Rolling attack roll, then dodge roll, and then to roll with punch fall. Well, that part is not my favorite. Does not slow down a game because the game aspect is important. Looking up everything slows down a game. Uh, <laughs> let me find that. There it is. If you're taking the time to pull out a tablet or laptop to look up that stuff, you're going to have me falling asleep at the table or me getting up to go raid the fridge and I might get lost. There you go. If you don't know the rule, or if you know the rule, use it. If you don't, make it till you make it. <laughs> there you go. Or yeah, look it up when it's not your turn. So, I mean, Einstein said it. 
why memorize anything that, that can be written down or don't well, I don't know the exact quote but you get what I'm saying but at the same time you've got to know the framework for the game so anywho so but but I disagree with it in this context I I, I agree that the, the game master needs to have a grasp of the game needs to understand the framework of the game so that the decisions that the dungeon master makes will still be within that does he get every plus one plus two perfectly correct in every situation maybe not but who cares it's a role-playing game it's not a computer simulation and if he makes a mistake whether that maybe the fates were against you or for you maybe a gust of wind came up that kind of nudged you a little bit that wasn't described who cares who cares roll your dice per the dungeon master's rules and move on discuss it after come to a decision and then go for it as long as the dungeon master is fair and does the same thing to you that he does to the npcs yes weird i gotta put that up and then i'm gonna move on exactly playing rules as written assumes the rules are perfect there is no such game absolutely right weird guy was spot on with that one Okay. Take on too many roles within the group, or in my case, any roles within the group. I do not like. I do. <laughs> Skirt noise. Oh, sorry to hear that, TCG Joe. By the way, uh, for those who are watching on Twitch or use Twitch, uh, you can uh, follow TCG. I can't say his dang name. Here, let me put it on the screen. Something about those letters. There you go. TCG Joe. And go ahead and give him a, what's, what's it called over there? A follow. Give him a follow. I mean, you can subscribe to him as well. That'd be cool. Uh, check him out as he plays video games over there. Okay. Take on too many roles within the group. Being the dungeon master is highly rewarding, but it can be difficult as well. I don't know if I'd use the word difficult, but okay, you know, no, there's some truth to that. Because you've heard me probably say a few times that I like to end my D&D campaigns around level 12, maybe 14 at the highest. And the reason being is because after that, it becomes more work than fun. For me, you might love high level and planning out those high level encounters. I don't. Not so much. Because there's so many considerations you have to put in there so that you don't TPK the party or become a cakewalk for the party. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say, well, you should be in domain play by then anyway. Maybe. I mean, it depends on your table, how you play it. Um, but I, I guess, you know, for the point of moving on here, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with it for now. The amount of time spent preparing for a session of D&D is often a testament to that dedication or to the dedication DMs put in to make sure their friends can have a fun night together. Yeah. Considering how much work a dungeon master already does, he should not hesitate to share some extra burdens with the group. Having someone else's handle, having someone else handle, there we go. Wow. Having someone else handle coordination and planning sessions can save the DM plenty of work and stress. Coordination planning sessions? Okay. What, do you have a PR department now? HR department? An executive assistant? What's going on here? Allowing him to focus on the most important aspects of his role, preparing a fun game. Well, you know, you kind of are in charge of the game, the setting, the group, so on and so forth. So I don't know. I don't know. My thing is, as far as, like, that didn't seem to address... Oh, roles within the group. I get it now. I was thinking character type roles. I get it. Okay. Coordination. So, eh, I don't know. I, I do all of that as the dungeon master, game master. That doesn't bother me. And Crafty, I did get your message. I'll pass it along. 
Um, but, uh, no. I mean, that's one of the things that I always say. Players need to know their characters. Players need to be prepared with understanding their abilities and so forth. I hate it when a player looks up a spell. Hold on, I forgot what this does. Dude, you've been playing that character for like six months. How do you not know? Well, I don't look at my character when I'm not here. I have to spend three days making an adventure. You can spend an hour outside the game researching your spells and how they work. <laughs> Something like that. So, uh, anyway. But, I mean, I don't know what other roles there are. Like, uh, there's the Dungeon Master role. I prepare the world. So there's a player role. They, play, they prepare their player characters. And then, I mean, this coordination stuff. This is just a message on Discord nowadays, isn't it? Back when we did, it was a phone call. Hey, we're still playing on Saturday, right? Yeah, that gamer. Uh, excuse me while I call my assistant to prepare a campaign. <laughs> right? uh... <laughs> Crafty. Oh, wow. Okay. Four of ten. Think of ways... This is a bad thing? Think of ways to nullify player abilities. Okay, again, I, I like commenting before I read because I want to put my take out there just to see if I'm going in the right direction. This is very similar to the uh, uh, killing off the animals or, or breaking the treasure or whatever, one from above, right? Taking away the character's items. No. This is called smart tactics. Caveat. If you're doing it every single adventure, then you're being a dick. Well, I know that uh, he's got a bonus because he's a fire mage and he gets all these fire bonuses. I know he's, weakness, he's weak to water, so I'm going to put everything out there that's water against him. Okay, now you're being a dick. But there's nothing wrong with having the occasional one. Hmm. What happens when another party, the party of evil adventurers, or the party, the competition, they don't have to be evil, knows what this group is about? Hey, I know they've got a thief who specializes... Uh, in poisons i know they got a warrior who specializes in oh uh, two-handed fighting or you know two big two-handed weapons doesn't use a shield we can use a tortoise on them you know using tactics against the party is not wrong it's only wrong when you use it as a crutch but i say the same thing to the players if i see something that the players are doing is boring because every single combat starts the exact same way yawn 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 i'm gonna break that monotony either through this the stuff that i engage them with or how the world reacts around them. Don't be boring is my point. Okay. That's, uh, yes. And I'll put this up for Crafty, uh, crafty on this one. Uh, if the big bad at the end is smart, he's going to know the weakness of the party that's hunting him. Right. Now, that's not true in every case, but, but absolutely that's got to be considered. Like I said, if somebody's like, I finally got the ability to walk through walls and now everything is open space or everything's a, a wall that for whatever reason blocks that ability or everything's an anti-magic shell or whatever the hell it is. Okay, now you're being a dick DM. Okay. I can understand it if the big bad at the end has that, but getting there, you got to shine, throwing out your massive 35 D6. No, no, you... you 35d8 fireball you know or whatever it happens to be right to show that power and then you get to the big bad and you're like uh oh he's got resistances okay cool i, I think you guys get what i'm saying uh nullifying characters abilities occasionally is good yes it makes things interesting i don't like people rolling through my shit that i made up on the spot yeah no absolutely at the same time just don't do it all the time like i really hate that this guy in my party's got this ability so i just shut it down every time 
No, find different ways of handling that. All right, now what does he say, though? Let's get to the actual meat of what he says. Experienced Dungeons & Dragons players often have an intrinsic understanding of game mechanics and how certain abilities work within and outside of combat. Some players greatly enjoy building, never build a character. I'm with the old geek on this one. You never build a character. Building, you're, you're not building a machine here. You're not playing a character sheet. You're playing a character. Some players greatly enjoy building strong characters, and there are many options within published material that are quite powerful when used properly. This is why I hate three, a third edition D&D and Pathfinder and so forth. It's all about character builds. How, what's my build? What's it? Uh, fuck that. Uh, it can be tempting for dungeon masters when faced with some particularly strong abilities from the players to seek ways to nullify those powers. Can be tempting, yeah. To seek ways to nullify those powers, okay. And attempt to balance an encounter. This can lead uh, to players feeling dissatisfied as their own choices are being negated. No, no, no. That's exactly what is happening. That's what's supposed to happen. Again, just don't do it every fight. Don't do it every encounter. You don't even do it with every big bad. But it absolutely is uh, uh, not only... No, I'm going to say it's, it's a proper way of, of playing. Now... If you're changing a monster that should never have the ability to block this, to have the ability to block it, oh, all of a sudden, all my trolls are immune to fire. Now, somebody's going to try to counter me. Max, didn't you say that you make trolls immune to different things? I do, but they still keep a weakness. And it's known beforehand. Well, I should say, the way the troll works is known beforehand, at least to me. I don't change it up because, oh, crap, they're coming here, and he's got fire. I can't have fire acid. I've got to change it to something else. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. But yeah, I do change up trolls to make to to give them different things that they're uh, that they have weaknesses to. Absolutely, and that adds interest to the game. But if you're doing it to be a dick just to shut down the party, tell the player to play a different character. Or how about this? Just tell the player to leave your game because you obviously don't respect that player or his character anyway. Uh, this can be placed me dissatisfied. Uh, instead, look for ways to add consequences to their actions. I agree with that. Or give enemies abilities that will force players to adapt and use their own skills in new and interesting ways. Yes, I. You know what? I, I agree with this last sentence. I just. He says tempting. He he makes this first part sound like you should never do it, and this is not an all or nothing. This is not a zero sum game. Okay. So. If you're watching, thank you, GM Fritz. If you're not watching, well, thank you, GM Fritz. <laughs> All right. Three of ten. Get too invested in a particular NPC. Oh, my God, have I seen this so many times. Someday, I'm not going to talk about it today, but someday, maybe on a Friday night chill stream, I'd love for one of you weirdos to ask me about uh, a Gen Con experience that some of us Legion Mythers had. I think this is in 2004. It might have been 2011. I forget. Uh, at Gen Con, where we played in an AD&D second edition game. We were so happy to find one, so we played in it. And the GM, the, well, the, the co-GMs took over the entire game with their superpower characters. Ask about that. Yeah. It started off being fun and then turned into, why are we here? Um, anyway, one of the, see, it's probably two paragraphs again, yeah. One of the greatest parts of being a dungeon master is a chance to play a multitude of interesting characters, from shopkeeper, shopkeepers to kings, some of whom may even end up traveling with the party. I don't typically do the traveling with the party part. That's just a personal taste. I'm not saying if you do it, you're bad or anything like that. I just don't like to do it. 
If not handled properly, however, these DMPCs may cause some issues with the group. Agree, but let's see what he says those issues are. The main pitfall for dungeon masters to avoid in these situations is forgetting that the players are the heroes of the story. No, they are not. No, they are not. No, they are not the heroes of the story. You are not a hero until you succeed. They are characters in the story. They are the main characters in the story at the table. They are not heroes. Dungeons and Dragons is zero to hero. It's 5e bullshit of them being heroes to superhero. Fuck that shit right off a bridge with Dan. It's bullshit. They are not the heroes. Heroism comes from the success. Doesn't come from being there. You have to earn heroism. Oh. While these NPCs can add a lot to the stories, they should rarely outshine the player characters. I do agree with that, but the player characters are going to rely on them as a crutch. And this is what I've run into and why I don't like to use NPCs in the groups because they'll be like, oh, let's do it right now. Let's ask, you know, Bob the Wizard. Bob the Wizard, what are we doing? And if I'm like, I don't know. Well, you're the one sending us on this. You should, you know, you see what I'm saying. I don't like... I don't like DM player characters that solve, or sorry, DM NPCs that are with the group that solve everything for the players. But I also don't like them to be completely retarded either. You know, so anyway. Oh, they should rarely outshine the player characters. I do agree with that, especially considering the Dungeon Master's ability to manipulate events around. Okay, I can... I, I can get this. I, 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 I get what he's selling here. I just don't like the way he worded it. Um, love to introduce NPCs to players will fall in love with that kill the NPC as part of the plot. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Or even if it's not somebody they fall in love with, even if it's somebody that they're just always used to talking to a patron, maybe the mission provider or, you know, the, the, you know their mission board or the person who trains them, you know, whatever. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I'm not saying that every time a dungeon master puts a, uh, a DMPC in a group in with a group that something wrong is happening. I'm saying I just don't tend to like it. So a good dungeon master can make it work with no problem. From my perspective as a dungeon master, it's just more work I have to think about. <laughs> so I try not to do it. Let's put it all on the players. Uh, anyway, two of ten. Ignore the feelings of players. Uh oh. Oh no. We have. Your little fifis out there, players. I love you. Do, does every player need a hug? Oh, this is only one paragraph. It's always important for the dungeon master to keep a finger on the group's pulse. By the way, here's one of the things I have as an issue with the pronoun stuff. The right word to use here is the. It's not even a pronoun. It's always important for the dungeon master to keep a finger on the group's pulse. You already know it's the same group the dungeon master's in. That's implied by being a dungeon master. Jesus. Anyway, okay, back to this. While D&D is a cooperative game, the dungeon master does have a special role and is often seen as a leader or moderator of a group. I actually got in a letter of reprimand while I was in the Air Force because I was the dungeon master. That is a true story. Why not anybody else? Why me? Well, you're the dungeon master. You're the leader of this little troop, aren't you? That is a true story. Understanding when a D&D party needs to get a win or when certain situations are no longer fun go a long way towards making a smooth campaign. Okay, I mean, yeah, uh, this is this is a very innocuous. This didn't even deserve a number 2. It's just kind of innocuous. 
as far as the feelings go, because like I said, at the end of every session, I, you know, as I'm handing out XP and so forth, I do this. I ask like, Hey, what'd you guys think? What, what could, what could have been done better? And sometimes it wasn't anything that was inherently wrong. Just maybe the way, the way I describe something or the way that I, uh, I, I had combat combat flow. It's not that the combat was bad. I just did something along the way that just kind of was like, okay, let's, let's move this along or, Oh, we didn't know about this one thing. Yeah. I forgot to mention or, or whatever. I'm trying to, th- in trying to think of the things that people complain about in the past, which isn't too much, but there have been some. Um, and yeah, I want to fix that for next time. It's like, Oh no, we love that there is combat there. We just we wish we would have had maybe another 10 minutes of, uh, of setup time. Cause we weren't under any actual pressure here. You weren't like pushing us forward. It's just like, okay, we got to start this. Maybe that, Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe I gave them too much time. You see what I'm saying? So I, I think that talking to the players and getting their perspective on how you run the game is good. Plus, it helps you as a dungeon master thinking that you were doing everything perfectly and finding out that, no, you actually suck because of this. But you know what? You can improve. All right, number one. Wasn't this one already discussed? Take out personal frustration on the characters. Isn't this the same as number 10 being adversarial? I don't know, it seems like, to me, this would be the same. Okay. Goes without saying that the role of the Dungeon Master can be a frustrating one. After all, he often plays the role of the foil or the antagonist, yes. Meant to lose, wait, meant to lose so that the players can have a moment of victory. No, they're not meant to lose, they're meant to be challenges. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Uh Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Antagonist monsters are not meant to lose. Monsters are meant to be antagonists. Monsters are challenges. I'm sorry, challenges. Now, if you're a dick DM, there could be reasons to do this, by the way. Not every instance of what I'm about to say means you're a dick. But if you're a dick DM and you're always putting stuff in there like mm, the party's third level, I'm gonna throw these things out of it. Watch them all suffer. Ha ha, because it's a challenge, right? They could do it if they roll crits across the board every time. No, you're just being a dick. You're supposed to put viable challenges in there. And while I despise the concept of CR and balance fights, um, the idea of making something challenging for them that could go south because of bad dice rolls or actually be easier than you thought because of great dice rolls, but it's still it's still a challenge. Those tactics, those dice, the, the using the environment, that's all part of it. But hell no, the player, the, the, the antagonists are not meant to lose. They're meant to play their part. Mark Hawkman. All right, I'm going to get divorced now. Got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. <laughs> My wife's going to beat me up now. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the dealing's done. (laughs) She's going to slam a door or throw a cat at me. All right. Um, Of course, the players... Uh, The players' victory is the dungeon masters as well. And there's truth to that. There absolutely is truth to that. I, I, because I, I like it. I don't like it when the players win, player characters, I should say, win and they don't feel challenged or they're just like, whatever, we're just going to do this. They don't seem vested in the game or whatever. But when they're vested, then it's absolutely, I love it when they win. 
I do. When I was younger, maybe not so much. Maybe I was more adversarial when I was younger. But now it's like I'm putting this challenge out there and I'm going to do these things. Let me use an example. The Forbidden Lands was a lot of you have heard about this. But uh, when I ran a, a one shot of Forbidden Lands, in fact, the module that you can buy for three bucks off a drive through RPG, a simple rescue. It was that module because I use that for a bunch of different games. When I ran that in Germany, one of the players spazzed. I wouldn't say spazzed, but he definitely threw a little tantrum. How are we supposed to beat this? It's got 14 and 16 dice. We've got, you know, six dice. How are we supposed to beat this? Oh my, this, whatever. But then he fell back and they started to use teamwork. Let's see. My monster has 14 or 16 dice depending on the maneuver, but you just pulled him into an area where he can't use all those maneuvers, number one. Number two, when you add up the four or five players at the table and everybody's got six dice, six dice, six dice, six dice. Well, let's see what six times four, 24. Yeah, it might not be at one time, but you're rolling 24 dice to my 14. All of a sudden, they're using tactics and they won. And I was freaking happy for them because when it was over, they looked at me and said, that was fantastic. I thought we were dead. Oh my God, because there is a death spiral in Forbidden Lands and they loved it. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. <laughs> Teamwork is overpowered and should be banned. That's funny. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, best comment of the day. So uh, singing should be put in the cowboy skill section. <laughs> if you didn't see, if you're watching this later and didn't see segment one, that's a nice, that's a good inside joke. Thank you. Uh, well, yes, I know. Yeah, the Dark Eye. You know, a lot of people ask me if I played the Dark Eye. I did not. I did not. Even though I lived there for 10 years, I did not play the Dark Eye. I'm sorry. All right. Let's see this, this last because we've got one more to go through. The next one only has three on there instead of 10. But um, even when feelings start to boil up, DMs must avoid taking that frustration out on the characters at all costs. I do agree with that sentence. Yep. Hard feelings from players who feel like their characters are being punished can quickly fester. Yeah, but sometimes the players are wrong. Sometimes they're not taking the out. In Bruce's game, you've heard us talk about the half PK a lot. Now his character, his players are still showing up and so forth. Nobody threw a temper tantrum, but it's a perfect example. He gave them an out. They chose not to take it. They died. It turned into a half PK. Why half? Because only half of them went through the portal. All of them that went through the portal refused to accept the out, decided to fight, and died. That was the wrong decision. <laughs> So, you know, uh, you're not being punished. You are suffering the consequences of your actions. Uh, turning a once fun game of D&D into a toxic environment. And that can happen. Look, um, this is high school. So we're talking 30 years ago. 30, oh, God. Yeah, 31, 32 years ago. Uh, if you're on my Discord, you might know Von Zark. He and I used to play in the same group in high school. And yeah, there was some toxic behavior there both on the DM's part and on the player's part. It's the young immaturity of the time. So I, I can see it. So yeah, the list wasn't nearly as triggering. No, no, and not all the lists that we put on here are triggering, which just the things that we want to talk about. This one wasn't too bad. I think the last two were just weren't necessary, I guess is the word I want to use. I just, whatever. So, all right, let's go to this one. Uh, where does it start? So these are three things that you should do. Three things you have. Fake D&D rules. Dungeon Master should consider using crafty. Now you're going to know why I asked you that question before the, before the stream started. 
So by Jeremy Griggs. I don't care about the introductory start. Let's just see. Homebrew D&D rule. D&D rules. English language. It's sometimes hard for me, as you guys know. DM rolls death saving throws. Okay, let's uh, hold on, hold on. Let me let me think. Let me think about this. I like the DM to roll thief abilities, sometimes perception abilities. Of course, random encounters and things. I don't know if I want the DM to roll the death saving throw. Although there might be a good use for that. I'll have to read what he says because I don't know five e well enough. Uh, I I like to keep this so the player can't blame me. <laughs> hey, you rolled the die, man. You didn't make it. So, X cards. Uh, hey, Iron Man, good to see you. Having the DM roll death saving throws for unconscious player characters in Dungeons and Dragons adds an air of uncertainty to the action. Yeah. By the way, look at that. The under normal circumstances, the players themselves will roll to see their character's fate. Okay. Placing this burden on the DM changes the dynamic of combat entirely. Players are no longer able to plan around knowing when a character is close to death via death. Oh, that's right, because you get three of them. Okay. Okay, I can see the merit to this. The group now has to either prioritize reviving down party members in fear of the unknown or risk the death of a character. Yeah, I I'm on board. Yep, you sold me. I'm on board. I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. Combine this with other homebrew D&D rules like Critical Roles, House Rule, and Resurrection. I don't know what the hell it is. Don't care. And the parties will truly fear death. Okay. Death saves are all soapy. Um, I like this. So you, for you folks, especially crafty, but any one of you that play 5e, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Especially you folks that watch this later on. Like, subscribe, share, and uh, let me know in the comment section your thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on Destiny? Homebrew D&D rule. Spell slots for exhaustion levels. Now, this is I specifically reached out to Crafty. It's like, uh, what's an exhaustion level? Uh, perception, deception, investigation check should also be rolled by the DM. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I said perception. Yeah, things where you we aren't sure of the outcome. Yes, I think should be rolled by the uh, the dungeon master. And what I mean by that is, even if you succeed, you're not 100% sure if you succeeded. You know, that kind of thing. So, all right. The magic-wielding classes of D&D are limited by the number of spell slots. But this rule, this rule change adds an interesting trade-off for those running on arcane fumes. Under this change, characters with no spell slots remaining can choose to gain exhaustion levels based on what spell they want to cast. I like this idea. Now, Crafty showed me the exhaustion levels, and I think there are too many of them. There are six. <laughs> Apparently, there are going to be ten now in, in one D&D or whatever. But if there were like four, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, because they add actual negative consequences to the character. That can't be avoided right and it also has that trope if you read a lot of books you'll know that there's that trope like oh, the magic is taxing the magic is tiring i'm gonna try to get out one more i can do it you know you can put that trope in there i, I like this now dungeons and dragons spell users have a choice do they continue to use cantrips and hope that the battle ends in their favor or do they risk damaging their own bodies to secure victory love it i mean in earth dawn you've got raw magic right absolutely love it 
This can even be used as a final heroic moment for characters who are all but gone. It's actually another Earth Dawn thing, the heroic sacrifice. You must die, though. If you do that in Earth Dawn, you are dead irrevocably. But still, I get the idea. A desperate player could use powerful spells to try and help the party with incredibly powerful magic, but at the cost of the character's life. Yep, that's right. I said Earth Dawn drink. I, I like this because I like the idea. So uh, Nerdy Ogre says that's why he likes Palladium. I could be wrong. I've never played a mage in Palladium. I played Palladium Fantasy, but I, I didn't play a mage. I don't remember you being able to... I, I thought that once you're out of uh, PPE, you were just done, couldn't cast anymore. I, I could be wrong about that. But I like the idea of sacrificing hit points. Or in this case, I think because it makes perfect sense because of how 5e is run, uh, use those exhaustion levels. I like it. I like it. Sounds like DCC Spellburn. Kind of, yeah. Sacrifice ability score to guarantee success of a spell. Yeah. Oh, that's it? Okay. Now, this one, what does this say? Max weapon damage on crit. Isn't that kind of already how it's done? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Somebody's going to play some cyberpunk soon. <laughs> it's not how you live. It's all about how you die. <laughs> there you go. Uh... Max weapon damage on crit. Well, I don't know the 5e rules, and I have a crit chart for my games, for my second edition games. It's a pretty extensive one that I'm going to show off on the 23rd of November. I say show off like I'm proud of it. I've actually looked at it recently like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking with some of these back in the 90s, but hey, whatever. Uh, but I have, I have a, a fumble critical chart that I use when somebody crits. So let's see what it says here. There we go. The random nature of Dungeons & Dragons dice rolls can make critical hits feel underwhelming at times. This change makes it so damage on a natural 20 is more consistent. Rolling double the dice on a crit is replaced by a weapon doing maximum damage. For example, if a character is wielding great axe, he'd hit for 12 damage plus proficiency and any other bonuses. I mean, that makes it pretty static, though. I, I like randomness, but still, okay. I get the point, though. I mean, nothing is more disheartening of getting that, yeah, I got a critical hit. Two ones. Really? You know, so I, I, I get that. I, I, I do get that. But I also don't want it to be static. That's why I use, I mean, again, I use a critical chart. So, And by the way, I don't believe that every time you, because you have a 5% chance and in big combats, there's a 5% is actually quite a lot, that you have 5% chance of breaking your weapon and falling on your sword and, and stabbing somebody through the heart. No. If you guys on the 23rd of November on the Gatekeepers show, so it'll be a Wednesday night live stream, if you watch that, you're going to see that it's actually pretty difficult to get something really crazy. Most of them actually read things like no noticeable fumble or plus five damage. I think those are the two most common things to actually roll up on my chart, if I remember correctly. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 not like God. I got a five percent chance of 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 killing the entire army or dying on my side. No, no, no. And I do agree with people. Like, yeah, I don't like the fact that five because of how many times that's going to be rolled in an encounter. That I basically have a five percent chance of falling on my ass. That's just not something that normally happens. And I and I agree with that. I agree with that. But there is a five percent chance of some negative influence happening. A minus one to your next turn's initiative. Uh, you know. A minus one to your attack roll because you're off balance. 
I mean, those could be fumble penalties right there. Plus five damage, plus D6 damage. Cut off somebody's hand, you know, something like that. I mean, fingers, fingers in the Middle Ages, sword fighting. That's why a lot of them had little basket hilts, right? Things to consider. Oh, oh PPE is doubled at death? Okay. It's another video game analogy, uh, but Dragon Quest, some games have crits completely ignored defense stats. Yeah. Uh, well, going to drink again. Going to mention Earthon. Earthon didn't technically have criticals, but what it did have was armor-defeating hits, because if you know Earthon, you'll know that you, not only did you make an attack roll, but then... You made your damage roll, and the damage you know, armor was subtracted from it. Well, if you rolled, we'll call it a critical, but it would be an armor-defeating hit. Now somebody who had 7 armor, which is pretty darn good, especially if you're rolling, say, like 2d6 damage, right? Most, most of your attacks are going to not penetrate that armor. Like, about 50% of your attacks aren't going to penetrate that armor. And if you do, it's only going to be 1, 2, 3, whatever points. Now, now, that entire thing gets through. You found the weakness. You got that lucky strike. Whatever. And I don't mean the cigarette. So, yeah, I mean, conceptually, I like that. All right, rolling double dice. Okay, changing up D&D's rules is only one of the myriad ways Dungeon Master can spice up a night at the role-playing table. This is by no means comprehensive list. No, there's only three. Okay, so he's just finishing up here. All right. All right. Uh, not bad. Those lists weren't bad. They weren't horrible. Uh, like I said, I think that first list didn't need. <laughs> Definitely get this off the screen here. Uh, didn't need the last two. That could that could have just been stuck at eight, but uh, anywho. All right, what are your thoughts? What do you guys in chat think about this as a whole? Again, like, subscribe, share. Appreciate every one of you, especially as uh, Heathen Dog abandoned me, thinking his wife is more important than me. What the hell is up with that? <laughs> uh, ooh, hold on. Didn't mean to do that. Pop that up. That up there. Pop this up here. The stream is going pretty long today. I may not, unless somebody's got a dying thing you've got to ask, I may skip segment three today. If that makes you feel ways about things, go ahead and put it in chat. But this one's going kind of long. All right. Max thinks stream. I do. It is. My wife doesn't pay me. Streaming does. <laughs> I serenaded you, dear. I serenaded. You got to hear me sing, and I know you loved it. Might have tuned out the last 20 minutes. Okay, fair. Wow. Wow. Okay. Comments from last week. What did we talk about last week? How to Wait, this wasn't how to run Haunted Adventures. Oh, did I forget to update that? Oh, dang it. What was it actually about? It was about Dragonlance last week. Hold on. Shh. Shh. Oh, shh. Hold on. You're not going to see this. You don't see this. Dragonlance. Here we go. 5e. Shh. Can't see that. Oh, look at that. Last week was about Dragonlance 5th edition. <laughs> there we go. All right. Jedi Knight says, 
I can't wait for Dragon Queen Tekisis to ascend to her true form. Yes, Queen! <laughs> then she'll top all the op oppressive power structures and lead Kryn into a golden age of protests, coffee clatches, and intersectional tea dances. <laughs> That's a good comment. I like that. I forget how I responded back. I think I said something like, uh, oh, I said, uh, no, the other four, uh, the other four heads, because remember, Techies is just team at, right? Her other four heads are not going to identify as evil and consider the, the redhead to be a bully. And then I was like, oh, Techies is a ginger. She has no soul. The entirety of Dragonlance. I understand it now. I understand it. So. Doing housework is more important than talking to Max, probably. Uh, oh, you're, you're good, TCG Joe. You're good. It's all. I don't expect people to stay necessarily the whole time or part of the time. You live your own life, sir. It's all good. So, Engine Joe says, okay. Get this. I actually pitched the idea for Ethnic Kender years before Lord of the Ring was even a movie. At the time, the person running the Dragonlance forum got uncomfortable and particularly salty about it. This was a decade before all the woke garbage. It's perfectly fine to have kenders that are dark skin. Have Asian features if those particular kender are in some sort of oriental adventure scenario. And I think I said that last week. I think I said that, like, um, I mean, if you come from that type of area. Now, I don't know. When it comes to the races, I'm a little more meh about that. But certainly with humans. Because that's, again, part of our trope. We're the diversity trope. That is our trope. So I don't know. But, you know, again, I can get with it. Or, you know, let the Kender have Oriental features. Let the, uh, let the Elves have uh, African features. Let the... Um, oh, what else? Uh, you know, let the Dwarves have Viking features or something like that. I mean, I can see things like that. Uh, but I always like the idea of humans being the diversity trope, right? So, da, 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 give them kimono and hoop axe. <laughs> give them bandolero and sombrero. Whatever works, but come up with a reason for it to be there other than diversity for the sake of being inclusive. I agree. I liked... Okay, I'm speaking for him, not for me. I liked to be considered progressive. I never did. Until SJW pandering and maturity made me step back and say, no virtue signal house. Just play the fucking game. Good video anyway. Not that pleased with Watts either. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of my lefty friends are like that. Seriously, I have a lot more lefty friends than people realize. And they're the same way. It's like, you know, Max, we're not all like this. I know. But these are the people leading you right now. So uh anyway. Uh oh my god, Crafty, stop giving her ideas. She has enough. I was mad when Watsy bought Magic the Gathering. I gotta be honest, I've never been a fan of Magic the Gathering, but I get the people that do like it, and I would not go over and flip your table from you or take it away from you. I say, enjoy it and have your fun. And the last one. Ergothians are black people in Western Ancelon. Yes, because wasn't Theos Ironfeld, wasn't he an Ergothian? I thought he was. I, again, I, some of the minutiae I don't remember anymore, but so... Um, rule the Argothian. Okay, they rule the Argothian Empire. One of the characters from the original Chronicles was half Argothian elf mariner. So we had black half elves from the beginning. Now I did a wiki look on this and I found it. 
This person, Raven, said it was in Dragons of Spring Dawning. I did not read the entire novel, but I quickly paged through the first couple of chapters where that character is right there at the beginning, and I never saw any reference. I'm not saying it's not there. I didn't take the time to parse every word. Okay, just want to be very clear about that. But I didn't see it within the first couple of chapters anybody mentioned. In fact, she kept yelling at, calling Tannis, half-elf, hey, half-elf, get over here. So maybe she was hiding it, and I don't remember. That's weird because, I mean, I've read Chronicles a bunch of times. And I don't remember that. Not saying Raven's wrong, because even the wiki part of this says that Raven's right. Okay. But let me add one more thing on here. F half races. <laughs> Eight half races, too. So it's not that it was impossible, but here's the problem, is you know that cover was written exactly for what this person said. Just to put it out there, we're inclusive for inclusive sake. Ah. That's why it was done. And that's why I call it out. Do I care about anything else? No. Just like the weirdos who decided to, you know, we're gonna get you, Max. We're gonna look at, we're gonna look at how, how you rage on everything and so forth. I, I, why do you even care about this stuff? Most of the time, I actually don't care. But it's fun to call out people's idiocy and when they do shit for reasons that they're not telling you they're doing them for. So, but again, D and D is full of the half race trope, or well, half elves, anyways, and half orcs. I get it. I, I do. Like, people play with them. It's a staple of the game. I can't hate them in the fact that they're ever used because it's a staple of the game. I just don't like them. My worlds don't have them. If I can take them out. You know, if I'm playing on a pure Dragonlance world, I would keep half-elves in. But the, that's just my, my stance on that. So, but, thank you for the correction and uh, there we go. Of course, like, subscribe, share. And I didn't see too many people cry about not having uh, a segment three. So I think today I'm going to nuke the segment three. Half arcs, but only nine months after an orc raid. <laughs> that was good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think we're going to call it a stream here. Uh, hopefully that segment two went okay for you without Heathen Dog being here. I'm sure there's a few places uh, for you folks who've watched this for a long time. Be like, man, it's been great to see Heathen Dog have his uh, point of view on a couple of those. But again, real life comes first. His wife isn't feeling well. He needs to take care of that. And good on him for doing so. Because I wouldn't. I'd sit here and let my wife puke on the floor and I don't know, pass out in the kitchen. Whatever. To be fair, she'd do the same for me. <laughs> uh, don't cry for me, segment three. <laughs> That was good. That was good. Don't forget half the I don't play that edition of the game. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Uh. <laughs> now I have that stuck in my head, Ravens there. Oh, it's good to see Ravens there. I was gonna mention that earlier. But uh all right, guys. Uh la ladies and gentlemen, or as I like to put on my Discord, ladies, gentlemen, and smizmars. Futurama reference for you. Uh hope to see you on Friday on the Friday Night Show stream. I don't know what we're going to talk about because, you know, it's way before Friday. Hope to see you next week as we talk more of Riff's goodies and we start leading into next year. We are supposed to have one of these upcoming weeks. I'm, weeks, I'm going to have to reach out to Mark McKinnon of Big Eye Small Mouth because, uh, number one, he shipped a bunch of the stuff my way. That's, that's number one. Number two, we're going to have a giveaway at some point here where, yeah, when he's on and... I've got a lot of stuff to give away, but we're supposed to have him on here, and he's, he shipped that stuff out to me, so we'll have to, uh, yeah, we'll have to look at that crafty real quickly, specifically know uh, what I told you is what I know. 
But uh, anywho, uh, with, with that in mind, I'm trying to think what. Else. Oh yeah, yeah. Next week again. I don't know what Heathen Dog's covering next week for riffs and as far as segment two stuff's going. Um, I said I wasn't going to do this, but I can't help it. Nope, nope, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. That's that's it for today. Please like, subscribe, share, follow our stuff. Look in the description below. Donate to our charity. Have Do all those fun things. My words of wisdom for today are, you know, enjoy the games you play. You know, you don't have to play them. Rules as written. Just know that people like me are going to mock you for them. There you go. <laughs> but Max, you don't play rules as written as well. Mock me for it. I'm still going to run it that way. It's what it is. These tables here, once you have the books, like like when Heathen Dog was saying what he was saying before, like, Kevin got it wrong here. Kevin might disagree. And guess who's making the money on the book? Kevin. But you know what Heathen Dog can do? And you know what he does do? At his table, he runs it the way he wants to run it. And Kevin even said out loud, good. <laughs> you know, said that's what it's supposed to be. I, essentially, Kevin gave you the framework. It's up to you to run it and play it how you want. So, you know, Part of our part of what we do here is to, you know, we're trying to build emotion. We're trying to make you feel ways about things. So yeah, I'm gonna say things that I know get under your skin. I want to do that. And you guys in chat are very good about saying things that can get under my skin because sometimes I don't take my own advice. But you know what? That's what I love about it. So yeah. All told, um I'm a monster. I have no feelings. Well, th then there are people like you. A monster, you have no feelings, which is perfectly fine. I'm still not going to flip over your table. Please don't flip over mine. I have a lot of dice, and I have to pick them all up. That just sucks. <laughs> all right, everybody. I'm not going to run through all the pro proclivities. I hope you had a good time. I had a good time. Can't wait to see you next week, whether Friday or Sunday or both. Join our Discord. Talk to us there. And I hope each and every one of you has a wonderful week. See, I just did the biggest geekest thing. I did my uh, my little out comment there and I forgot to hit the button to do oh this. Mm -hmm.